Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com. After a one-week hiatus, after a two-episode hiatus, people people like the interview episodes, but they don't realize that this podcast really isn't an interview podcast. It's a podcast <laughs> between me and Eric Beinfor talking about slates, talking about strategy, two sharp players, talking about DFS, the strategies, the game theory, the everything. Uh, so, Eric, back back for another week. I'm, I'm assuming by by your tweets that uh, you... you, you, you the Chiefs putting up three points dusted you. Oh my gosh, that was a that was one of the wildest slates, uh, a roller coaster of emotions yesterday. Where yeah, as you said, I was all in. Um, you know, not that Derrick Henry was like super super leveraged, but I, I was fading Derrick Henry and playing. I was all in like Titans passing game stacks and stacks of that game. So Tannehill stacks with mostly Tyreek Hill, um, bringbacks uh, like early slate multiple sites i was i was pretty adamant that that was a pretty huge edge um so that was that was where i lived and then you know uh learned a little bit from my from some mistakes that i've made over the course of the the um the season around what i thought was was the edge and i think i i actually feel like i played well um but i don't know how to predict the chiefs scoring three points against the against a team that lost to the jets you know, I don't really know how to pre- how to predict that one. So, like, it 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 is what it is. It it didn't work. You know, uh, sometimes sometimes that that how how's that you know how how it goes. But I've had kind of a a rocky season, only a couple of winning weeks, and this one actually was one where I felt I felt really good. Like even some of the the times I've had better weeks, um, maybe I felt worse about my play. But you know, I actually feel feel pretty okay with, with everything. And I also had Miles Sanders, you know, I set up the Foster Moreau thing. I had Foster Moreau locked and loaded and ready to go and got Miles Sanders with a little mini correlation with him and everything. Like, I just feel like everything came together well with, with the lineups, but the results didn't cooperate. Yeah. If I take a look, like uh, what I did just, just to let you know, because I, what, what I'm doing now, I, 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 yeah, yesterday was my most successful week this season, but primarily in, because in cash I swept everything upon every on on DraftKings I won ninety three percent of my head to heads and on FanDuel I've won almost ninety nine percent of my head to heads. I only lost three head to heads out of six hundred and something contests on FanDuel. <laughs> it also helps that I win the two v two. My last two v two in uh, in FanDuel cash was do I play Mahomes in the Jets defense or Lamar in the Giants defense. That worked, and I played Lamar in the Giants' defense. So uh, that that when when Lamar when uh, Mahomes is forty seven percent owned in in double ups. Uh, yep. But I mean, my GPP. I played seventeen GPP lineups. I cashed nine of them. None of them more than like min cash or two x or two and a half x. Because uh, I didn't have any Damian Harris. I didn't have any McLaurin. Mm-hmm. Didn't have AJ Brown. Didn't didn't you know? Did that? I had none of the one offs and the running backs like. Snowflake running backs for the most part. Yep. Uh, yep. I I felt it was way more manageable. Like this is the first week this season that I've not made a 150 type build. 100 mm-hmm. to 200, whatever. Uh, primarily for two reasons. One, the slant is coming down. The slant, it was, the slant is like 20K to first, 10K to second now. 
It's a smaller contest. And being that it's still 150 max, it just it occupies more, like 60% of the field are 150 maxers now. I mean, like, right. as it gets smaller. When it was 65,000 entries, the percentage of 150 maxers was hovering somewhere around 27-ish percent, 30-ish mm -hmm. percent. Now, the Flea Flicker is a 50K at first. It's $5 entry. But the payout yep. structure sucks, right? By eighth yep. place, it's a thousand bucks. But that's that size contest, and the amount of num num one fifty. It's similar to the old slant, just with the crappier payout structure. So if anything, I may think about maxing that one. But I didn't want to do either. So once I decided to not do either, I said, "Well, why am I bothering with like throwing twenty entries into the play action like as a hail mary or like why am I doing any of that?" So let me just. I'll do three in the power, three in each power sweep. Do the double spy. Do the other spy. This spy. The fifty dollar two fifty dollar red zones. Like like fifty dollars and up. I did the five the thirty three dollar five max. Like like and like okay. I have seventeen lineups for like a total of like eighteen hundred bucks. And then just cash and just obviously my cash lineup and you know tears cash and Fanduel cash and cash everywhere. Um, yeah. Without the distraction of having to to put together 150 to 200 lineups, especially with like Shepard questionable and, and, uh, and what, you know, we had the Ramondre Stevenson inactive. We have Waller who knows what's going on. Yeah. And so like, so now I have to make these, if then types of sets, well, if this is in, if that's, I have to do late swap. I said, no, let me just focus. Like, what do I want to do in 17 lineups and just do that? And then I could focus on these, these, well, what if, what if, what if Waller's out for my cash lineup? What do I do? Like, then I could focus even, so I'm not just pressing opto button and just whatever the hell happens type of thing. Ah, do I want to play this guy or that guy? 2v2s. And I focused around four, basically four. I just, I said, I'm just doing four stacks. I'm doing Stafford, which is the most obvious one. Mm -hmm. uh, I did, I did, out of the 17, I did three Stafford stacks. But I tried to get unique, but playing Woods, playing Higby, you know, something yeah. like that and not playing D Daryl Henderson. So like, that's the lineup for right. the Rams passing game. And then use Swift as the run back. Mm -hmm. So that, that works out. Right. Uh, then I also have uh, Tom Brady. And to me, like Tom, Tom Brady without Antonio Brown in, it's not that hard. Just give me Brady and Godwin <laughs> Evans when they're, when they're 5,900 and 6,500. I yep. am out of the, I had what I, I had three Brady or four Brady and I only had one of them with Darnell Mooney. The rest, no, no bring, just give me, no just, mm -hmm. just give me all the bucks. And then I had one with like Brady Fournette, Evans, you know, like something like that. I had one with Howard in it instead of Godwin. Right. Uh, and then I went once Parker was inactive. Uh, I like Tua even beforehand, but now that you can take Parker out, I like Waddle and Gazicki. I mean, I've done this before. So I do Tua, Waddle, Gazicki, and then Ridley. I don't get to Pitts yep. because I already have Gazicki in the tight end spot. Uh, yep. And I and I run it that way. So I have a Tua thing. And then I have the the car, uh, the Eagles, the Eagles uh, Raiders game. And I had the upside. I wanted to play Waller before. If Waller was not on the injury report, I wanted yep. to play him like at full strength and play car. Car Rugs Waller type of lineup uh, with Miles Sanders as like the run back or Devontae mm -hmm. Brown, uh, Devontae uh, Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the added upside of like if Waller's out, like Renfro's projection goes up, 
Moreau is there at 2,500, and Carrier is on the IR. So, like, yep. the Raiders play, like, with one tight end at least, sometimes two tight ends. It's like... Sometimes three. <laughs> sometimes three, you're right. So, I th- I went in there going, like, Moreau could easily just be Darren Waller. Just, I mean, like, yeah. they, he literally goes out and, and they say, you know what, Waller's routes? You play. You, you're doing that, and you're going to be on the field nearly 100% of the time. And I already had that as the fastest-paced game to go over. So I'm like, why aren't I playing the 2,500 tight end when I'm already kind of punting at cheaper tight ends anyway? Cole Komet and Ricky Seals-Jones. Right. That kind of range. So it's like, oh, here's the added upside. So Carr, Ruggs, uh, Moreau, Sanders or, uh, Sanders or Smith. Of course, like that didn't get there. But I mean, Carr got, I mean, Tua got there. I mean, this, the, yep. these, these stacks did okay. They just didn't get all the way up. And then, of course, my lineups are filled with like, well, in the Tua lineup, I could play Daryl Henderson. Right? So, bust. Right? Yep. And then and then in the car lineups, I could play, I could play, I could play Godwin. Oh, that got there. Right? I mean, like, like it was like bits and pieces. So, that's why I could cash so many lineups, but not have, you know, well, I have Chuba Hubbard. Oh, well. Oh, well. I have Daryl Williams. I have a Tyreek Hill one-off. Right? In the lineup. And then I, then I jammed Cooper Cup. I, 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 I don't think people realize that Cooper Cup is not 2019 Michael Thomas with even more upside because he actually does get end zone work um, and and deeper down the field and a, a more explosive quarterback and a more explosive offense. I mean, yeah, it, it's he's it's crazy. It, it you know you you keep not that I I'm I'm not saying me, but I think like just any the the market in general is like okay this can't keep up right like this 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 is cooper cup this is, we don't get you know nearly 30 year old wide receiver breakout you know slot wide receiver breakouts to be the new Devonte adams but like i mean at, it, at a certain point it just is what it is right um and there's matthew you know, stafford it's, it's, i think people are like well he's been playing yeah. golf for so long it's like no stafford could actually Stafford's a much better quarterback than Jared Goff. He's really good. He's really good. Like real life quarterback. He's really good. So I looked at the ownership and I'm like, I think Adams is going to get a bunch of ownership against the the putrid Washington passing defense. So that's going to take away. People are going to want to play the 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 uh, the Chiefs game. So Hill's going to draw some ownership. So I'm like, I think in, I truthfully think in this spot, Cooper Cup should be at his price. 30 plus percent owned. Mm-hmm. So like at, at, so why are, why am I, I don't think he's going to come in that high. So like what, why shouldn't I be playing a lot of him now in some yeah. lineups I swapped out, right? Some lineups that, that, are, that I have Daryl Williams and Chuba Hubbard in my running back slots and cup there. So it's like, okay, I'm changing that to woods and I'm changing Godwin to Evans, you know, like doing stuff like that. So I end yep. up with a couple of less Cooper cup lineups just in this, just trying to get a, how do I get, uh, how do, I mean, I, I'm going to have to swap it. So I know Cup is going to be owned, right? So it's like, it's not like he's he's 8% owned. Yeah, he's not leverage on anything. He's right, just right. He's not right, exactly. For, for ownership, uh, like, how, you know, ownership versus what he should be owned, he's the best play, but he's not any form of leverage or anything. Right. And I went, uh, I don't know about you, in, I went zero of this guy, including in cash, uh, Rashad Bateman at 3,400. 
I actually played Rashad Bateman uh, in in cash on on DraftKings, which is fine. Which, which which I think in cash games I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to. Be, I'm sure you're probably gonna gonna get 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 into it. I didn't want to, but I clicked the the yeah. You know, I just clicked the button. I'm trying to be a little bit better. Um, yeah, but you probably uh, still can. I mean, you probably scored what like one one fifty seven to one sixty two or something I made, in cash. Yeah, I, I made money. I made money in cash. Uh, so I'm not, yeah. So did you, did you play, basically, did you play cup and cash? Yes. Okay. So you got that. So as long as you play cup and cash, that can, um, let let me guess your lineup. I I could pretty much guess your lineup. Uh, so you played, uh, you, you played Daryl Henderson. Yes. Obviously. Uh, did you play, did you play Chuba Hubbard or Daryl Williams? Daryl Williams. Okay. You played the Daryl Williams lineup. Uh, did you play Hertz or Lamar Jackson? Lamar. Okay, so obviously, and then you have Godwin in the wide receiver slot, Godwin Cup, uh, Godwin Cup, uh, Bateman. Yep. Uh, and your your Cardinals. tight end is you have a Gazicki tight end, right? Gazicki Cardinals, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, basically, you played the lineup that I looked at and said, uh, "Do I trust Rashad Bateman?" Right. Like literally, like that's the lineup that I had in at before eleven thirty. Like that, like that's literally you, that's literally the lineup. Uh, but the thing is, is that, uh, this is, this is what I thought. And I, I, I go back to, to, you always talk about optionality, right? (laughs) Right. So in cash games, this is where the strategic decision comes in. I had the privy of getting the Raiders projections if Waller was out. I know this is, I knew you were going to say this because this, this is what I was mad at myself about. In like I should have had a better week if I would have, and I feel like this is the one mistake I made this week. Again, sorry not to cut you off, but this no, is I something I think I would have done. Feel free to cut me off. I, <laughs> I think I would have done in the in the past, but I was just being. I'm trying to balance the right. I'm like I know I'm planning for this Foster, this Darren Waller situation, and like every tournament lineup that I have. So in cash, I'm just going to click this button. You know, like I just clicked the button as soon as I got off my Sunday morning show and I was like, all right, whatever, whatever this gives me, it is, uh, it, it is what it is. I think I, I forget who I, who I even lot Henderson and, uh, whoever the best projections were in the blitz, that's who I locked. And then, um, just went, went from there. But like my, it was like, it was like pulling at my heartstrings, you know, my gal brain is like, dude, you know, that Foster Moreau thing is like, this is what. This is what you want to do. This is what, you know, you had the, you talked about like uh, the devil on one, you know, devil and Joel uh, or whatever. That's what I had. Like, like, dude, you know, you need to do the Foster Moreau thing. But then it's like, not just trust it. Just trust the projection. Click. The, don't think. Just click the button and don't worry about it. And so I'm trying to be a little bit, a little bit better about that. Cause you know, I get, I think there's some potential long-term benefit to me because I feel like I'm good at assessing that situation. Like you just did like, okay, this is the time that this is right. But you can also, I also will get myself into trouble sometimes. And it's like, do I want to, do I want to just like maximize every cent I think I can earn on that specific slate? Or do I want to take the long view and just be like, okay, you might lose a few bucks today. Um, but you know, you're saving yourself some sanity and you know, you're, you're, you're um, kind of a hedge almost, you know, and that's not how I kind of used to play. I don't know if that's right, wrong or indifferent, but that's kind of how I thought about it yesterday. Right. But I, I, I saw uh, there were other strategic decisions in there. So yeah, what, what I did was uh, number one, I had the Raiders projections if Waller was out. So I was able to see what Moreau would project for what Renfro would project for 
what Carr yeah. would for project for, what Jacobs would project for. Uh, Renfro already projected well. Uh, that game was the fastest paced game and it had one of the highest totals. So I was mm-hmm. on that game to begin with. And uh, I preferred to play Hunter Renfro to Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman could have easily gone, uh, gotten four targets for two catches for 15 yards. I mean, he could have easily, like, just, yep. just been nothing, right? So it's like, is he necessary? So I X'd out Bateman and ran lineups, and I was getting Miles Sanders in the running back slot. I thought Miles Sanders' range of outcomes was insanely wide, right? Oh, yeah. Right? He could get 20 touches. He could also get eight touches. I mean, like, so I, I wanted to avoid Sanders in cash completely, regardless of what his, his meeting was slightly higher than some others. So I X him out. So I take a look at this lineup, and it has Gazicki in it, right? It's very similar. It's 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 essentially your lineup with Renfro, but instead of playing Lamar Jackson, you play Derek Carr in that in, in, in the quarterback slot, right? You're saving the mm-hmm. money. The money that you're going 1400 right? You have to go from to, from Bateman to Renfro. You're pulling out from Lamar Jackson and going down to Carr, who the Blitz had at a great... I mean, the Blitz had Carr and Tua very well projected. And other yep. sites did also, but I mean, they, you're also playing Carr and Tua. But... Uh, I had Tua all, 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 but I was planning to play. I was planning to play Tua in tournaments too, and 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 as well as in cash. And then Sunday morning kind of happened, and um, particular in tournaments, we saw some some steam on that because of what you out like. Everybody sees now these things like, dude, Devontae Parker is out, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki. I mean, Gesicki was obviously like, you know, removing some of these other situations, like the the quote unquote best tight end play, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so, yeah, I think I struggled with that Dolphins one more than anything because it was uh, very clear, right? Like good matchup, good game environment, good pass rates, condensed targets, uh, at least on one side. Um, so I thought that one was interesting too, the Dolphins. Right, so so I, I put together a lineup. I'm like, okay, if I want to take advantage of Foster Moreau late, I'm, I, I, but I need, I, I'm not going to plug him in and then have to worry about finding the $500. I'd rather have someone there cheap. I can't play Ricky Seals Jones because he's in the early he's in the early game. So the best projected tight end in the cheap range was Cole Komet. So I'm like, okay, so let me put together a lineup with Cole Komet and let's see what it looks like. So it ended up looking like uh Tua at quarterback, Tua Henderson Hubbard, Cup, Ridley, Renfro, Komet. Godwin in the flex, Cardinals defense. Ah, so okay. So now I look at this lineup and I go, okay, I like, I want to play Renfro even if Waller's in over Bateman, right? So like, I don't, I, I don't mind that as it is, but he actually gets, he actually, his projection goes up by one and a half points if he's, if he is in, if, if, if Waller's mm-hmm. out. So now if I, if I bump up his projection, he actually comes in better than the lineup that, that you have, right? Just with Renfro in it and Tua and Cole Komet in the lineup. And Cole and Foster Moreau projects for a point and a half higher than Komet for 500 cheaper. So if I leave 500 on the table, I actually get a point and a half more. Uh, but hmm. th- the extra thing that I get from this, which y- you'll be proud of me, I guess, is y- you know you know what, I'll, what information that I'll get? Who are the chalkiest players in the cash in cash? Yesterday, they were all late players. 
Henderson, yep. basically Henderson, the Cardinals defense, and Godwin. There, yep. were, there were cases to make play Adams instead of Cup. There were cases to play, you know, Bateman was also going to be like the fourth chalkiest. So <clears throat> what will I know at four o'clock? I'll know Bateman's score. If Bateman right. puts up 26 points, you know, you know what, and, and Waller's out, I switch Cole Komet down to Foster Moreau, and then I get off of Godwin and play Fournette instead for 500 more. Or I get off of uh, Henderson, right? And then I play uh, Josh Jacobs in that spot. Or I play Miles Sanders and I move Godwin to Evans, right? There's so many different combinations of me being able to get off of Godwin, Henderson. I could go from the Cardinals defense down to the Eagles defense, like there were so many swaps where I could swap onto a very well projected guy that's negatively correlated. I could play Robert Woods instead of Cooper Cup. I mean, like there was just so many versions of that that I'll know Rashad Bateman's score. I'll know Mike Gesicki's score, even though he was he was only like eighteen percent owned in cash games. So, like to me, I all I could see is upside. Do I play your lineup? And now I'm locked. Now it's like I now I'm not going to be able to play Moreau. I already got Bateman in there. The switches are like, do I switch from Henderson down to Jacobs and then Godwin to Evans? There were some swaps like that. But to me, it's like, as long as I'm able to fade a big game by Bateman, I think my lineup is good. And I also get to see, you know, who I also get to see Lamar Jackson score. And I get to yeah. see what my difference between Tua and Lamar Jackson is and Tua beat him by four points. And Ridley didn't have the, he had a touchdown, thank God, but he had 12.6 points. That didn't help me at 6,600, but with all the ownership out there, I'm looking down, I'm looking down the list of ownership in, in double ups going, no one did, no one did well that was owned. Like no one did enough that I'm like, I'm fine with my lineup. And then I just went Cole Komet down to Moreau, left 500 on the table, blocked Godwin, blocked Henderson, blocked Cup. Just take, I mean, that end of story. It's like, but yep. I, I have that extra, I got that extra information because the key part was the fading of the ba of Bateman in that lineup, and then if I fade, if I play Bateman and I plug in uh, Foster Moreau, you end up in a very weird range at second wide. You end up with DJ Moore. You end mm -hmm. up with like something because you're probably playing Godwin, you're playing Henderson, you're playing the Cardinals defense. Like you're just blocking all those things right there. Like you end up with Mahomes in the lineup. Like you end up basically allocating salary if you're playing Bateman and Moreau to people that just have raw points and not like, not because they're good point per dollar values that the top, if I ran what I did was before the slate, I put in the Raiders projections. If Waller was out and I ran the top 20 optimals and one of the top 20 optimals was basically the lineup that I had in cash, but just car over to it. Cause I had the extra $500. Right. So I said, if that's, that was it, that was the top optimal. If, if Waller was known before the slate to be out, the top optimal in my aggregate was my lineup with Carr. So do I, now I can't, I can't allocate that $500 to Carr uh, and then leave, uh, what, what am I doing, right? If Moreau's not in, now I've, right. what am I going to, so I'll play Tua. I already saved the $500. In worst case scenario, I have $500 to play around with. And what, salary doesn't matter after the game starts. So what, 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 is, what does it matter? So that gave me the comfort once running the Raiders projections, if Waller was out, that like, dude, I've, 
If I would have just clicked the button two minutes before locked, like that would be my, I mean, it would have ended up being my lineup anyway. So like, if I didn't want to play Bateman, I think I had, a, I had a Bateman lineup that was close, but it was just, all it was doing was allocating raw points and being almost the same projection. Like for no apparent rate, like playing Mahomes at quarterback, playing Kyler Murray at quarterback, right? <laughs> just because he was one point yep. higher project, like, like right. that type of thing. It's like the standard deviation of this 2v2 is way, way higher than this one. I just have to have the, I have to have the mental fortitude, right? On the Gilcast, like, are you going to be mentally weak or not? I looked at Tua, <laughs> I looked at Tua in cash and said, I'm not going to be mentally weak. And I plugged into it, Tua Tuglafailoa into my cash lineup. And I said, <laughs> I said, it, let, let, let's see what it, can it get me 20 points? And that that's all I need. But the strategic decision-making behind there is like, that the reason I was able to do that a little bit clearer, because I wasn't worried about 150 or 200 lineup build, that I I would have yeah. I would have rushed that more. I may have ended up at the same place anyway. I mean, I probably would have ended up in the same place, but it didn't feel that Sunday morning did not feel rushed to me at all. I didn't feel like I need, really? even needed to prepare on Saturday night because I wasn't building 150 lineups. It's like, dude, I could build 17 lineups. Cause I, I don't hand build them. I still build, I run 300. What I do is I run 300 Stafford lineups and then I pick like the three I want, right? Like I, I mm-hmm. go through it. Nope, 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 nope. I'm getting too much of this. I X out Bateman. Let me run a hundred without Bateman. Let me run a hundred. Let me, let me run with a secondary correlation in there. Let me see what these look like. See, yeah. I have the, I, I put in my own ownership. I put in the aggregate projections that I use. And then I just go through and pick, pick like, dude, I, I, I could do that in an hour and pick the 17 that I want and then cut and paste or whatever. So like, it felt like th- this was the first NFL week that I've had in the past, like probably three years that I, I felt more like, I think I felt more like you, right? Just not, right. not really rushed. Like you could just kind of ponder things and go, should I do that? Are people going to do that? Are they going to, you know, like, and just like, okay, 17 lineups. And then I, I weave all the lineups together. So that's why I didn't have any Jamar Chase. That's why I didn't have any McLaurin. Like I, like in in the lineups that in my Stafford lineups, I have Ridley right as a one-off, right? Or I have yeah. Gazicki as a one. Like I'm using those four games as just like, well, I got to have a, every lineup must have one buck in it, right? I'm either having Fournette, Evans, or Godwin in every lineup. I'm either having a you know Waddle, Gazicki, or something. I'm, I'm having Hunter Renfro. I had Hunter Renfro in ten out of seventeen lineups. Right, I've Henry Ruggs in four as a one-off in my in my Brady lineups. Right, like mm-hmm. so, it's like I can never. I'm never gonna get to Chase or any of that. I Tyreek Hill one-offs or whatever. But he actually ended up. I was gonna. I was gonna say that. Uh, did you? I mean, first off, I mean your take on 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 my, my newfound. I may do this next week also. I may just like like I'll just play fifteen to twenty lineups and kind of fifty dollar plus single entry three max type of things. And, you know, and obviously play cash on like all the early only tiers, whatever, all that type of stuff. Uh, and not have to worry about like, uh, do, do I have, uh, do I have 3% Khalif Raymond in my, uh, in my Ram stacks for, for the large field stuff? It's like, dude, if I don't have to worry, like just, there were just, it seemed like 90, it seemed like 85% of the player pool. Like I just didn't even have to, I, I just like, like, well, how much Darius Slayton do I have? Like, I, I just have zero. Like, I just, I'm just, I'm just yeah. not playing any Giants today. Like, I just like, I don't even have to think about it, right? I have Hubbard in three lineups and that's about it. 
No runbacks, no nothing, just, okay, I don't have to worry about, like, well, how much Dante Pettis am I getting? I mean, like, I mean, I think those the contests, especially large field stuff, there, there's more of an edge there because of the amount of casual people yep. and the lower stakes stuff. But, like, from just from a mental sedate, like it felt, it felt like I was, it felt like I was rewarded. It's like okay, I, I, I was in the best mental state I was, and I had, I nearly, I in cash games, I mean, like a five, I, I had five figures in in winnings just from, from cash games going through that process and still having very. If you looked at all my GPP lineups, you'd be like, no, these are these are, these are lineups that did well except for this one snowflake or this, you know, yeah. this, this one thing type of thing, uh. So, so what are your thoughts on that? And then I'll, then I'll ask you this, the, the second question. Yeah, it's really funny that you bring that up because you had uh, one of your shows last week where I was where I was out, where I think that aspect of like DFS was kind of ignored in the conversation, not by you, not trying to go down this, this road, but like that's part of why I play the way that I do. I, I like we've had this conversation what how many times right over the course of the last <laughs> you know however many episodes that that we've done where I've you've never heard me argue with you and your methodology to like okay in these I want to go where the competition is the weakest that's where I can you know that's where I have the greatest edge that's that's why you you know play the contest typically not this week but typically that you normally play and you you will never hear me argue that ever because it's true but Part A, I'm I, I despite trying, and maybe I just didn't give it enough time. I don't think I am at my brain is as wired to do that. But also, like you said, being able to hone in, like there's a lot going on on a football Sunday. So like I'm 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 betting props, I'm betting sides. I'm you got to show you got to show the, at 11:30. In the I got I got I got I got to show it literally the most important. time time of the week like right when inactives start coming out so like the show i'm trying to think i'm talking to ben for an hour and like i'm like okay shit ramondre is out you know week one we got oh my god zach moss is out oh my god trey sermon's out and i'm trying to like talk to the viewers answer their questions while i'm formulating these thoughts in my head right but so like have you know obviously this is the first year i've done the the show on sunday morning so it's a little bit of a different i'm working my way through figuring that out but there is, like you said, kind of like a mentally freeing, like there is EV, as weird as that sounds in this, like mentally free and like mentally stable or however you want to put it, you know, like, okay, you're like, I'm playing these 17 lineups and I can make these 17 best lineups. I don't have to think about, like you said, Khalif Raymond, like what, what am I doing? Like I, cause I got to hit the nuts in this 200,000 person field. Like I gotta, do I gotta have Khalif Raymond? Do I have to have Darius Slate? And it's like, no. And like, for me, it's even more simple, right? I'm playing like 200 man fields, you know, 200 to a thousand man, man fields. It's like, right. you're not getting burned by Alan Lazard one-offs. Yeah, I don't give a shit about any of those guys because even if they do well, they don't matter because no one else has them. You know what I mean? But in the Millie, it's like, okay, I know that that's my greatest EV. I know that I have my greatest edge there, but it's hard to realize because I can't, you know, you have to hit, you know, how much can you, how much of your, your, you know, money, how much of your thought process can you put into Alan Lazard and Khalif Raymond on a Sunday? Like maybe I'm just not. Like I said, maybe I'm just not good at that. Maybe the best players will tell you, like, no, that's where my edge is, is I can figure out Khalif Raymond. I don't know. But, like, there is something to be said for, like, okay, I'm spending this amount of money on a Sunday. 
and I have this much in cash and this much on each slate, right? Early only, whatever you're, like you said, you're playing tiers, you're playing multiple sites, whatever. And pulling that down into having to make as many or as few of decisions as possible so that you can optimize yourself for all of those decisions because you are a fucking human. You like, I can't personally, like I still don't even know how you guys all do it, right? Playing all the slates, playing 150 teams across multiple sites and all that. Like, a, you know, Robot Osimo is playing every every slate in, in existence for DFS across every single, you know, he's playing LOL on football Sundays and 150 max, you know, like I just don't know how people do that. Not even just like the process of going through it, but you still have to, I know it's autumn, you know, there's, there's, there's math behind most of these people that I'm not good enough to do. But even with like the math, you still have to make decisions, right? You, like there's a decision-making process that goes into it because it's still a peer-to-peer -peer game, right? And so um, I think that there is something to be said for what what you just outlined, going in and being like, all right, I've identified, right? That's what I, I did. You know, we came to different conclusions, but I'm like, I identified this Titans thing is my, that, that that's my stand for this week. Right, wrong, indifferent, I don't give a shit because I'm only playing a handful of, of teams that's that's my decision and now let's figure out how to optimize around it right you did 17 and you were like okay the rams are this much of my edge right so i'm going to do my three stafford uh, you know the, the, especially the rams leverage off of henderson that's part of my edge um you know we talked about it uh what the, the madison week like i screwed up my team but i was like okay out of my three teams or five teams or whatever it is like i want to dedicate the one to the leverage off of madison you know, whether that was right or wrong, it was like, okay, I made that decision, optimize for that, move on to the next thing, as opposed to like all this, this never ending cascade of decisions that you have to make on a, on a football Sunday. Um, I, I really do think that there is something to, to be said for that. And it's not that like you can't win. Obviously you can win doing what Osimo does and doing what you have done and doing what Brick does and doing what all these awesome players do but there's something to be said, especially for like, if you're listening to this and you're not a pro, you know, I think the pros probably don't give a shit about what I'm saying, but like, if you're like a, a casual player, an average player, above average player or a below average player, like there's something to be said for like optimizing your like, like thinking, right? Not just like optimizing your DFS process. Like how can I extrapolate the most EV? That's what people are always talking about. And like, it's not just that because it, it, there are things like there's a finite amount of time on a Sunday morning, especially like, you know, the slate changes, right? Like you said, like after inactives, like things can change. Things can change with the Darren Waller news, like optimizing your process around that. Some, maybe that does, you know, maybe it still leads you to 150 maxing, but figuring out what works best for you, I, I think is like a, a vastly underrated thing. And that's actually part of uh, what has led me to playing the way that I do, because I can't do, I, I, I struggle. I'm, I'm not, I'm playing less teams than you just played on Sunday and <laughs> you played yesterday. And sometimes I'm struggling with like the time management and decision-making and pulling in everything, uh, on, on a Sunday morning. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's fairly, you know, uh, arrogant to say like, that's not a big part. Uh, you know, some people will kind of ignore that aspect of it. And we've talked about it in the past, like, we're all humans, you know, like you, you, a human can only do so much, even whenever, if your process is like math based or whatever. And I think most DFS players are not that right. They're not doing what Osimo does. They're, they're, they're hand building, or even if they're doing closer to what you're doing, it's a, it's, it's a human, it's a human thing. And so optimizing that process, I think is actually like really, really important. Well, it's more, it's more the fact of, would you rather do a hundred percent of the things at 80% strength or would you rather do 
80% of the things at 100%. I mean, like, that. to me, that's how I yep. view it. So when, when people are like, oh, why aren't you 150 in Yahoo today with the overlay? It's like, because <laughs> I... Cause, if I do that, I got to do, I mean, like there's just so, there's only so much that one person can do. Uh, I, and, and basically, uh, very, very similar to, uh, conversation, uh, from, from two episodes ago is that my, you, you have, it, you have to have, I I think people don't have goals. I think there's people have the spectrum on goals. People seem to have, in the space are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. You either yep. have people with goals of uh, play, they play as a hobby. They want to play well as a hobby, right? Uh, but they have no, def- like, like I'm, I'm not looking to, to quit my job. I'm not looking to win a million dollars, like, which which is fine. But then they play in a way that they're trying to win a million dollars, right? Yep. right? So it's like hobby people that are like, but if that's their entertain, if, if you're playing for entertainment, and that's what you get entertainment of having a twenty dollar milli sweat, God bless you. But then you're not listening to this podcast. Then you just you know just who cares how good you are? Who cares? Just it's a it's a scratch off ticket. And then you have the other end of the spectrum where it's where it's like if you're not looking to make seventy million dollars, then you're doing it wrong. Like it's like <laughs> like there's there, there, there's got to be a million. There got to be a middle somewhere, right? So from a from a goal perspective, so right? Isn't that true? It's like, oh, 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 you only played 80 lineups? Like, why didn't if you have an edge, why didn't you play 150? I mean, like, like, well, why do I have to? Like, why? Like it, there, there's you could sacrifice EV for the sake of some other variable, and it depends on what you're solving for. Like, I'm yeah. I'm solving for basically my equation on playing DFS is solving for two things, essentially. I'm solving for one, never having a real job, right? Yes. <laughs> that's that's the number one thing. It's like, I, it doesn't matter how much I make as long as I never have to go into a cubicle and do work that I don't want to have to do <laughs> ever again, right? I've been successful at that for 19 years. So, okay. So that's number one. Number two, the most money for the least amount of time, right? Yep. Now, can I make the most amount of money if I put in 80 hours a week? Probably. But how much, how much extra money am I making for that? And yeah. am I already solving for the first X? Did I already accomplish the never have a real job aspect of it? Yes. So now, now I'm, I'm solving for the next equation of how do I make that amount of money in less time, right? Unless <laughs> like if I could do that by only putting in two hours of work a day, then I'm, well, if you put in four hours, you'd make 1% more. It's like, well, what, those two hours are worth it to me. Well, what are you doing in those two right. hours? Who cares what I'm doing? If I value two hours of watching, watching, uh, you know, the Netflix or something, or having dinner with my wife or whatever, or just simply watching games or wh- whatever it happens to be, like that's my, that's my prerogative. That's my equation. So, like, like yes, uh, am I am I am I gonna make seventy million dollars in the? No, but that's not the equation I'm solving. It's and it and I think that's Eric. It's. I think that's the most important equation for your DFS. Like before you even think about entering contests or entering lineups or entering anything like the, because people talk, I, it's not like this is not a foreign concept. You listen to plenty of, of good DFS podcasts and say, you got, you know, about primer basic stuff, right? 
NBA primer for the season type of thing. It's like, you got to define your goals. And some people's goals are, I want to win the Millie. Well, okay, that's a, that's a, that's not a reasonable goal, but I mean, and okay, then you're, sol- then you're solving for that. But it's like, but the question comes before that. Well, why do you want to win the Millie? Like what? Like, yeah. And it's, it, Eric, it seems like, it seems, I don't, I don't know if this is true. Cause it, it, it's not, it's not, it's not for me. I, the ego boost of like winning a milli seems to be more valuable to some people than the money. Then I want to win a milli because so I could say that. So, cause they view that I'm not, and I'm not even talking about like, like pro players. I'm just talking about in general, people in general. Oh, if, you, if you're not trying to win the milli, then you're not, then that that's going to prove that you're a good player. Like that doesn't prove that doesn't number one, it doesn't prove that. And number two, who gives a fuck what other people think about? Right. Right. Who, who cares? Right. But I can't blame people on the, on the other side. If that's the equation you're solving for, then I can't, I can't, I'll put up my hands and say, I, that, then that's your equation. It's not, it's not my equation. But if your equation is like, I, I want to be able to beat my chest uh, and, and show that I've, I've, that I, I've, I've won a million dollars or I mean, this perfectly goes into live finals, right? I don't, I don't play live final qualifiers once in a while when they overlay like heavily yep. towards the end. Sometimes they will be, so they, it's coming, it's coming soon. Right. And, maybe, uh, it, May, it but maybe, be. but I'm just saying, I'm not, since my equation is never have a real job and play the least amount of time for the most amount of money. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't care about life. Like I don't, I don't, yeah. So, like, when people beat the, oh, I've been to live final thirty four times. Oh, okay. I mean, how much money have you? I mean, first off, it's like, well, how much money have you won? Just because you made it thirty four times, you could be down. So it's like yeah. until you show me your rotor tracker, I, 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 to me, at least from my perspective, I don't give a shit. Uh, in comparison, but but secondly, if you're if that's what you're if 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 you view success as that, even if you lose money, and money isn't in your equation. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't argue with, it, right? I don't, as long as I make it to 40 live finals, even if I lose $500,000, I can that's what I'm playing for. Oh, I don't, I don't find that equation valid, but if that's your, if that's your equation, that's fine. And I think that, that too many people either one, don't have their, their own equation or two, don't understand that other people have different equations. Yeah, that God, that is so, that is so true. Um, and maybe it was just um, you know the chess episode that you that you did that that kind of really brought that to to the forefront of my mind. But I feel like I I felt that way for a long time, and it's actually kind of super funny because you and I could not be on more opposite ends of a bunch of different like strategic points, right? Contest points. Um, it, our equation is different. We have different equations. Like you just mentioned the live final thing. I do play those. That is a part of my equation. Not like for the fucking prestige. I don't give a shit about any of that, but um, it's getting tougher. Uh, it, it is definitely getting tougher now, but for the last several, yeah, for a long time, actually, in my opinion, these live finals were extremely plus EV and a particularly plus EV for the way that I play, right? Smaller field tournaments um, and the actual finals getting there were super blah, blah, blah. It was a part of my equation. Um, but it is so, like I said, it's so funny that you bring that up because despite the fact that we differ on the exact variables of our play, 
our strategy and our equation, I could not possibly agree more with like just this whole equation point. And the fact that like everyone's, everyone's is different. And A, there's, there's basically like you said, like kind of like two kinds of people and it's at those, those polar ends. And it's not even just from a, a, what their, what their goals are or what their, you know, then ultimately what their equation is. It is that there are people that don't set, you know, like some form of, of, of goals. Don't, like you said, they're just playing for like, like a hobby or whatever, which I guess is, a, it is okay, but I still feel like you should set, you should do something. Yeah, but I, I still right? feel, Eric, you still feel that there are people that play like full time ish or regularly enough that they're profitable, but it seems like, like, do you have any discernible? I mean, it seems like it feels like there, there's some that are like, I'm looking to make the most amount like, I'm looking to maximize and make the most amount of money, even if I have to take on a ton of risk. And I, and I respect that. That's fine. That's, that's not me, but I respect that equation. But there's also people that just seems like, like they're just, I'm just looking to make and like, it's just, seems like the volumes they play are at a whim or the sports that they, I'm going to play three days of this and play three. And they're still playing like five to $10,000 in volume. Like, and you go like, are you just playing to play? I mean, are you playing? Do you have a mortgage? Do you have like, it? It it feels it feels like what 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 like what I would see poker players. Like when like I hung out with a lot of Asian kids, that you know, nineteen, twenty, twenty one years old, that they didn't have goals either. I mean, like like these 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 are kids, exceptional poker players, that would win. You know. They would go from having a $200,000 bankroll to being broke in six months and do that three times over the course of two years. And I go, what, what is, what, what, what is your goal? What is your, and then me, I'm sitting, I'm 25 at the time. So it's not like I'm, I'm that old or anything, (laughs) but it's like, I came in with the, like, you know, uh, I want to be able to pay my rent, have a, you know, be never have a real job. Like, like it still came down from that perspective. And I'm like, like why you guys like all of a sudden, you know, you go from a, th- you start with, you, you borrow some money for, you borrow two grand, right? And uh, you run that up in a week to like 10 grand. You pay back the two grand. So now you have eight grand. You grind that, you grind the eight grand up to, you know, 16, 18,000. Then you, en- and then, then immediately like, I'm going to enter this 5k tournament. It's like, why are you spending 20? Like, why, why are you doing that? Then you then you get knocked out of that tournament. Now you're down to thirteen thousand, and then they constantly like grind it back up, and then they take a big shot. Like, oh, I'm going to play this five ten no limit game with a five grand min buy in or something. And it's like, dude, that's a quarter of your bankroll. And then they, yeah, because the the table. I take a look at the table. I take a look at that private game and go, that's a gold mine. But it's like it's a gold mine that you could have hundred thousand dollars swings in, right? Yeah, exactly. And then next thing you know, like they're Next, then literally one, one, one of these, one of these kids, uh, that like, this is like based on a true story, like the very next day drives to, to my room in a, in a brand new $70,000 BMW, <laughs> like literally, like he played in that game the night before and then bought a BM like, like, it's like, dude, what, what do you do? It's like, yeah, I, I still got 30 grand and I still bought a th- you bought a new car for, I don't know if it was 70, it was just a very expensive BMW. Uh, let me tell you, uh, three months later, he sold it. He had to say, he had, and he took obviously a big loss because the cars depreciate took so quickly. 
He had to yeah. sell it because he he was he was broke. I mean, like, like I'm looking at them, and yes, yes, 19, 20 year old kids. I mean, people, you're you're always stupid when you're younger. Uh but like, what is what is what is the end? What is the end game here? Are you gonna like? It's not just I want to level up until I get the end. Like they're playing like it's a video game, right? So people <laughs> play DFS like. Well, I'm going to play this, and when I get a big hit, uh, then I get to move up to the $1,000 contest. Then I get to move up to the 5000 Until I get to the end boss, like, I'm not done. It's like, dude, it's perfectly fine to just... You could perfectly fine to just be the best player at the middle stakes and do that for 20 years. Like, yeah, or do, yeah, what, accomplish that goal, right? What, 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 what? It, 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 maybe your goal is right. You wanna, you wanna beat the boss, right? You wanna be the best DFS player in the world. You wanna go take on Empire Maker every day, and uh, right, you wanna, be, you wanna outrank Awesome on the on the Road to Grinders leaderboard. Which, like, like you said, that seems like a fool's errand to me. But if that is what you want, go for it. Like, that's fine. At least you have figured out what that what that thing is right for me it's it's at this this conversation is uh so fun for me because i liked it that like this is all it's the motivation but why are we doing this podcast like to, it's part of my uh, my equation like i play dfs for everything that you just said um because i don't want to i don't want to go back to the corporate world either <laughs> i did it it sucked you know i don't, I don't want to do it again so i want to stay i want to stay in this i am employed in this space it makes me happy i enjoy it Right. I get the money to be able to my wife gets to do whatever, you know, she wants to do. We get to go on vacations, blah, blah, blah. All that shit is fun. It makes my life more enjoyable. Life quality is a is a huge part of all of this. Right. Also, you know, everybody's getting into all their, you know, it's a fucking NFT crypto phase. Right. But like part of why I'm doing this is because I, I think that I want to do, you know, I started a freaking best ball site. Right. Like I, this is a long-term investment for me. It's not just grinding out the profits of, of, of DFS, right? It is also like a long-term investment in terms of not just like my brand, but like a product, right? Like owning a product that I can, you know, sustain over the, the course of however long that it makes sense to sustain. That's a space that I want to be in, invested in that, that I've, you know, kind of come to realize. And so like, there's, just all of this shit, right? The the equation has like tons of variables, but it all kind of comes together into, um, again, pointing back to, to your episode with Chess, um, he, he mentioned that like you talked about how like I think I have a, a little bit of an edge in the, the figuring out the, the higher stakes, smaller field stuff because I know what those guys are going to do. And his counterpoint was, was made me laugh. But if, if Eric had a, truly had an edge in those contests, he would max every single one of those contests, you know, every, every day on every slate or whatever. And I'm like, I mean, I guess, yes, but that goes to your, to your point of like, well, people saying like, well, why aren't you trying to win, you know, $300 million a year playing this? It's like, well, that's, I have an equation and all of that, everything plays into it. And for my mental health and for like my, uh, you know, my, my bank account and like, the, you know, the volatility of my bank account and EV is not the only thing I'm solving for. You know what I mean? I'm solving for a lot of di a lot of different things, and so like it makes more sense to me for all of the other variables to play the way that I do. I think I've solved for how I need to play for every variable that you know. And EV is not the only you know total raw black and white binary EV is not the only thing that I'm trying to figure out in this. As long as you're you know, as, as long as you're positive though. 
I think I think right, I think course. I think the 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 differences here are not like oh you're it's 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 the magnitude that we're talking yes. about. So for instance, like the way that I teach, like in the pregame show, I go, how do you find plus EV lineups? I'll show you blunt ways to be directionally accurate and ones that have worked for me to be directionally mm-hmm. accurate. I could talk to Brian Hooper. I could talk to Alex. I could talk to to players that much higher coding experience, much more statistical backgrounds. They'll be they'll be much more precise than me. They'll find if we had to choose between 150 lineups between two sets, Brian's gonna have a higher his set is gonna be higher EV. He's most likely all 150 lineups of his will be plus EV. Right. Brick, Osimo, Ricky D, McLovin, all, all those guys, right? That's, right. that's But that's the thing is, is that my, be- my, my lineups, maybe I end up with 10 minus EV lineups. Maybe, maybe, maybe I have 50 lineups that are as plus EV as everyone else's lineups. But then I have another 50 lineups that are lower EV than other people's sets, but still positive. It's like, like I'm just not playing... Like it's not the optimal 150 set or the same thing. If you're playing a three max or a single entry, it's like, here's a lineup that is plus EV for this contest based on who else is the ownership and everyone else is in there. It's not, it's not, it's not even in the top 50. If it's a, if it's a thousand person tournament, a thousand entry tournament, and you have the 51st highest EV lineup, you're still going to be profitable. Right. You just, as long as you don't have anything below the 20% line. I mean, like, like, so the fact that can you play in a manner where you could directionally be accurate enough to get in the top, you know, 5% of contests and top 1% of contests, like the difference between me, it's like, uh, at the same volume, if I, if I can make $70,000 this year, which I'm making more, but I'm just thinking in general in a year. But it's like mm-hmm. if I if I put in twice the amount of work with the same volume, I can make seventy eight thousand. Like, like is the eight thousand yeah. dollars worth it for that amount of time? That now to some people that have that have no problem. I'm just going to sit down and do this all day, sixteen hours a day. That the eight thousand dollars may be worth it. Okay, to me it's not. To me, I've already I've already hit my nut, and I don't. I, I'd rather just relax, right? And then there's also other people. It's like, well, if you've already found this edge, it may not be the highest, unless you're trying to find the highest EV lineups, then you're awful. Like there's no black and white like that. This is, mm-hmm. this is a peer to peer game where it's not, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's not zero sum because it is a zero. It's technically a zero sum game. Technically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's not as GPP head to heads are zero sum, zero sum. One guy wins, one guy loses. That's it. Right. Type of thing. But I know there are people in the in the disc in RG Discord. I know I know one guy who runs, uh, and he was he was in la, la, last night. He runs the top twenty blitz optimals. Okay, the top twenty as a set and plays it in twenty maxes. Okay, now that's from it from an equity perspective, that's awful to do, right? But the fields are so weak in NFL. <laughs> That he profits every, he, he, he just said, it's like, he profits, like, it's every week. He's like, he'll cash 14 out of 20. And like, you're not making that much money doing that. But like, he found something that is plus EV and he's exploiting it. And if the 
$20 in equity is worth it to him. That's his equation. I've not, I can't, yeah. I can't qu question. It's like, dude, I'm doing this. And he would never do it in the higher stake stuff because obviously the competition is weaker. But it's like, dude, when we get some of these ownerships on these guys and you go, go, dude, I would say, oh, it's weird to say, and you'd probably be better off playing if you're a if you're a newer cash play cash game player, you may be better off playing your cash lineup in the Millie Maker than you would in the two hundred and fifty dollars single entry double up, because yeah. the ownership is just so so inefficient in the Millie Maker that like you're gonna cash more often. You're gonna you're gonna one point five or two x with that cash lineup more often than not in that field than anything else. But uh, people like us like. From an EV perspective, that would be awful. But it's like, well, what what happens if your goal is to take twenty dollars and turn it into thirty bucks? What what? How do you solve for that equation? I have twenty dollars. How do I turn it into thirty bucks? Right? How do I make ten dollars on this twenty dollars? If you're just solving for that equation, putting that lineup in the Millie Maker may actually be the optimal move. May actually be the optimal unless you could find someone that's really horrible in twenty dollar head to head. Right. Right. Like that would be the optimal to find some schmuck, right? That you're you're an 80-20 favorite over or something. But if you but if that's your equation, then it changes. But if your equation is I'm gonna I'm gonna play 150 lineups into the millimaker for three thousand dollars, dude, min cashers aren't gonna gonna sustain. I mean, now now we're talking about you gotta play for, you, you gotta play for first, right? Because based based on your equation. You know, cashing 175 of your lineups actually loses your money, right? I mean, like, like you're yep. not going to get there. So I I think too many put, like, put their, they, they project their own equation onto other people. Yes, that's it. A hundred, 150%. That is, I, I think that is the thesis of, of the discussion is that, and it's, it, it, again, like, People, people are human. Sometimes it's hard for people to see uh, different perspectives, and 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 I get that. Sometimes it's hard for me to see other perspectives too. But I think I was it hard is, to see yours. Like, Remember in the last year, I would say it's like, why yeah. are you only playing three? How could you only play three lineups, right? And then you're looking at me, going, I don't know how you play two hundred lineups, and we're both yeah. looking at each other, going, I'm going to you, going, you'd make so much more money. If you just played more lineups and you're looking at me going, you'd play, you'd make so much more money if you just focused on three lineups and played these like, <laughs> like, and we're both, we're both looking past each other going like we, yep. like we have different, equ different equations, different risk tolerances. I'd rather go against the weaker opponents. You'd rather try to exploit the, the strong, the stronger opponents and win once in a blue, once in a blue moon. But even last, but even last year we had the conversation where like at I mean, last year heading into like NBA season, I was like, maybe I'm going to play more single entry three max because this like surviving off of one bink a, a year is 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 stressful. Of like, I mm -hmm. like it, I I feel much better now that I that I won all that money in MMA. That's like it's impossible for me not to make my nut. Like it's 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 it, yeah. it's literally it's it would take a bloodbath, I guess, in order for me to not make six figures this year. That that now my perspective is like, kind of like, like I'm good. But I mean, last year until week six of NFL, like when I won the slant for 50,000, like I was hovering around. I mean, like it was not that COVID year, especially we were, you know, three months lost of, of sports. Like yeah. That, that was a bad year. 
So even me, I was like, maybe I need to, maybe I need to change my equation. And I think I'm doing that with, with NBA this season. Uh, I'm focused more on the, 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 the smaller, like instead of me building, uh, also I don't, I, I don't like the $15 GPPs on, on DraftKings. I don't Horrible. like the payout. I don't, I don't like the payout structure. Uh, then I'm focusing more on like, let me, let me build, let me build five, 10, 15, like that range, play the hundred dollar showtime, play the $200, whatever mm-hmm. the hell, you know, stuff like that. Maybe play the $88 multi-entry when it's not 50 K to first and 15 to second, like when they flatten <laughs> that a little, uh, yep. and then just find the line where I, I like, I don't have to go down and go, do I, okay. Do I have to, uh, do I have two out of 150 of Jaden Jay McDaniels or, or so, it's like some, some bullshit guy, right. That could possibly get 24 minutes where it's like, no, I just have to focus on high projected lineups that have lower own. Like, like there are guys that I just literally just X out of the player pool going, there's no way in a, in a 400 man contest that I'll need to play a guy at this projection ever, no matter what the ownership is. So I just X yep. him out and I'm just like, my lineups kind of look like my kind of like lineups almost look like cash lineups with three V threes type types <laughs> of situations. And welcome to my team. Right. Yeah, welcome well, to but my of course, <laughs> but it's so, it's so much less stress, especially it's, I mean, NFL and NBA are, are two different animals. Like you're talking about, NFL, so you're, different. you're talking about NFL. Like, Oh my God, I'm doing a show during inactives. It's like, dude, NBA, the entire night is that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've really, really enjoyed NBA being, being back. And I think as I, it's so, it's so funny because I, it kind of goes back to like this equation thing. I don't think that NBA DFS, like if I'm going to invest my time is the most plus EV way for me to invest my time and money. The competition is better. Like it's, it's by far the lowest EV thing for me, you know, from a DFS sport perspective, because like, like you said, like the whole, the, 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 the levers are very different and, and the levers that you can pull are, <laughs> do not extract as much, uh, potential edge in, on any given night in, in NBA because it's not event-based, right? So it's kind of funny to me that I have, since NBA has been back, it has been like a freeing experience. And uh, I have I have had an absolute blast. A, it, it's nice because it, it helps uh, kind of augment some of the, the, the swings because like the player prop market is really, really inefficient. And if you're, if you're grinding DFS, like, you probably have a pretty huge edge, um, whether it's like legal sports betting or even something like prize picks or whatever. Um, I think that there's a pretty significant edge uh, in those markets. And so like, I've had a good time doing that, which kind of like, it's almost like your cash games, you know, like it's like, we talked about NFL cash games and tournaments and stuff. Those things are almost like my cash games. And then I can focus in on my tournaments. And like you said, it's like, I'm playing in these certain contests and I actually played uh for the first few nights and i'm going to mix it in a little bit more i would usually only play like one nba team a night like that's all i would play and and that's just how i preferred to play i have done a a few more uh lineups on some slates so far where i think that uh you know kind of the 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 projection can be wrong thing we were talking about pre-show where the assumptions behind the projections whether it's something as, as basic as minutes um, rates on on certain individual players at the beginning of the season, especially, can be very very wrong. 
And so I'm not even saying that I know better, but I know the volatility to a certain player's projection. Or like, I don't know, I, I got to talk to somebody at Roto-Grinders. I mean, he's he's gotten to be chalky or whatever, but Precious Achua, we just keep projecting him for like 20 minutes a, a, a night. And he's, you know, that's not like, I, I, I haven't told anybody. I'm like, guys, this is not right. Like, this is not, this is not a good projection. But like, there are, so there are situations like that where I'm just like, I'm just locking this guy because like, I know he's going to be owned, but whatever the ownership is, is not high enough based on what I believe to be the potential inaccuracy of the projection. And so that edge is not that great, right? It's not like getting, you know, uh, the different levers that we'll pull in MLB or FL because if they swing your way in an event-based sport, it's very different. But I have enjoyed going back to the like mentally freeing, you know, like Sunday mornings or whatever. I'm like, I got my prop action in. I'm just sitting on, you know, I pretty much know I'm I'm guaranteed to be playing these four or five guys uh, tonight. And they're like never leaving my lineup, basically, no matter what happens. And then, like you said, it's like a 3v3, 4v4, whatever, um, particularly on FanDuel. Like I said, I was playing a, a handful more specifically over, over there because I feel like it was like if I just lock in like four or five dudes on FanDuel and then rotate around them in these, these lower stakes uh, tournaments, it was like I, I just – like I, like I went multiple nights of like literally cashing every team. Yeah, well, Fan, FanDuel, FanDuel has you can make more lineups on FanDuel than you can on DraftKings now. Yeah, like yeah. everyone is available. Like we we the most valuable spots are like when like on DraftKings, the most valuable positions, the a positional indicator is when someone is both guard and forward. So like when you're shooting guard, small forward, you fit into the most amount of slots because you could fit into the guard utility and the forward utility. On, yep. on FanDuel, like, everyone has, like, there, there are guys with shooting guard, small forward. They're point guard, shooting guard, uh, small forward, power forward, power forward, center. Like, you could play, like, I go through lineups and go, like, if you, if, if you want, if you wanted to play four forwards this late, you can, you can, because you could fit them in the small forward and you could play, you want to play four point guards that are technically point guards, fine, you and, and you go through and you go, like, there's so many more lineup combinations that you could make. Mm-hmm. As opposed to to DraftKings, the the thing that I don't like on FanDuel, and this I'm not talking about the, the MPE as a as a concept. I I prefer it because it it, it helps sharper players. Is yeah. uh, in your lineup like this is this is this is this is hand builder from an opto bro right type type of type. Because <laughs> remember, I'm just playing I'm, on FanDuel. I'm just playing cash games right now. Uh, it doesn't show you the multi-positional eligibility in the lineup only when you select the guy. Right. Yeah, it's painful. It's so I'm painful, looking and go, can it? this guy fit into that slot or this slot? And you're trying because uh, and then to me, it's it's weird. DraftKings, you have to basically when you set up a lineup of DraftKings, an optimizer will do this automatically for you, but you're putting the players with the multi-positional eligibility in the utility spots in the later games. Right. If you're playing a seven o'clock point guard, he's going in your point guard spot, not in your guard utility or your utility slot. Right. So you're doing that. But you also, there are certain instances where like I screwed up. I mean, I won, but I mean, I saw where I screwed up that like I had, I, it worked out time wise, but instead of having like, I had, uh, who the fuck was it? It was a shooting guard. I'd love, it was Luke Kennard, right? I had Luke Kennard on that, that night. Uh, and he was, and he was shooting guard, small forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, was something, something like that. And, uh, I didn't have, I had curry in the guard utility, not the utility. There was a way that 
that because I was no no Kennard I think was point guard eligible. Like and I he was point guard shooting guard and I put him there basically there was a way where if if I was forced to play Kennard uh, having a shooting guard because Curry was only point guard eligible. Correct. So yeah. like it would have been made more sense if I played uh Curry in the point guard spot and another guy in the guard and, and the Kennard in the guard utility and move a guy into the shooting guard spot. Even though Curry's game was later, because mm-hmm. now I would have a point guard and a guard utility as right. opposed to just a shooting guard. So if I wanted to play two point guards, I would have been able to. Now I wouldn't it, it didn't matter either way. And I don't even know if there was a swap that existed like that. But those types of things on DraftKings don't come around that often that you're like, like, do I have to like when do you play t- like a lot of times because of late news, right? It's seven o'clock. You put together your lineup. I'm just saying if you're playing one lineup, right? But this could be for any lineup. And you put Tobias Harris in the sh- in the small forward slot. And uh, you put Tobias Harris in the power forward slot at a 7 p.m. game. And then news comes out half an hour later that makes pa- a, a cheap power forward an immense value. But you already have a cheap... That there's already, there has already been one. So you want to play three of them, and now you can't because... You have to play a small forward, and if you just played Tobias Harris at seventy six hundred in your small forward because he was SFPF, and you did it that way, like you would have been able to do that. So, like those types of those, like even the slots that you put them in, depending on late news, you have to think about to some extent. On Fanduel, everyone's like, I don't even know where to start. With no. I mean, like because so, everyone is so eligible everywhere that it's like. Okay, if I'm playing three, if I'm playing technically three point guard eligible players, I should probably be playing two in the point guard spots and one in the shooting guard spots because there aren't as many shooting guards that I could play. But what happens if late news comes out and this $3,600 point guard on FanDuel becomes the play? Like now I don't have a spot for them because they're, that, yep. right? So do I play the point guard shooting guard guy? If, now, now, do you see where I'm going with this? Yes, FanDuel is a is an absolute mess. But I like I kind the sick degenerate part of me kind of loves it because it's I love that that's like this weird thing like about NBA. As you're going through the there was no there's no one on the planet that was more like infatuated with what you were talking about with the DraftKings thing that than me. I have this sick obsession with that little nuance to like the positional thing and like you know yeah thinking about you know we talked about that like sometimes I think about like late swap and optionality too much. Now factor that in for NBA. Think about think about my disgusting mind going through that process every night for NBA. You know it's way it's way worse. But I I I love that that part of 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 the game and so FanDuel makes it very 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 difficult you know it's basically play whoever you want outside of a couple of point guards and a couple of centers like you have you know obviously like Jokic and Embiid are only center or whatever but like even Bam is power forward eligible Miles you know, Turner it, a, was it, power forward yeah, eligible Miles Turner Miles Turner and then of course Miles Turner literally no one would have played Miles Turner the other night if he was only center he would have been one percent of but he's power forward at 5,900 and he, he has the greatest game of his life and he's in like optimals, you know, because he was, he's a center that you could play at, at power forward at a, at a, at a good price. Like sometimes you can play like uh, Kevin Porter Jr. has been small forward. Now he's been shit. So that, that hasn't really mattered. Sometimes you can play five point guards and three centers, <laughs> maybe more centers sometimes, depending upon some of the absolutely horrible uh, MPE that exists. So like, 
it is wild. It is it is absolutely wild on FanDuel. But I've enjoyed it uh, for me because it it you know I, I can't fathom trying to you know I know like you said like the optimizer is is kind of doing it all, but like I can't fathom figuring out in large field. Um, my my brain is too simple for literally a a, a a play whoever you want site you know positionally um, to figure out exactly the best way to approach a slate in a 150 set in a you know 100 something thousand no, no that no it's field. much easier eric it's it's more of the link swap it's not has nothing to do with the initial lineup it has to uh -huh. do with the, like like we're sitting here cuz it's nba you sit here and you go it's the 8:30 game uh you know it's an hour and a half, it's 90 minutes after lock Embiid is questionable so yeah. now now what and then right, you, right. Then, then chris paul is is questionable in a 10 o'clock game Right, and then you're sitting there going, "Do I leave my center spot open? Do I mean?" Yeah. So how do, do you? I, like, that's what, what I'm what, saying. How, what do? What do I, who do I play in the early game versus the late game? Because if like on Fanduel, like who's eligible at what positions? Well, some of them are eligible at a million positions, right? <laughs> and on DraftKings, like you have to think and go, uh, like like the centers are 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 easier only because there's less spots for them on both sites. But when we're talking yes. about the you know. Uh, Middle, uh, like Giannis is going to be, well, Giannis is different because now you start jamming in all the bucks. But yeah, uh, I mean, we have, uh, look at the, look at the, look at the heat, right? Lowry. Look at, look at the whole, look at the whole Raptors. Look at right. everybody on the Raptors. Literally every single player that steps foot on the floor for the Raptors is multi-position uh, eligible. You know, OG is multiple. Uh, even Precious is multiple. Fred Van Vliet is point guard, shooting guard, right? So it's like, and they've been a, an extreme source of value so far this year you know basically we've had every slate where some kind of raptors if not multiple are chalk and so it's like yeah then you start to compound that it's like okay well now which positions do i play all these raptors and again i know i know like i understand the, the general idea of, of you know how much the optimizer is going to handle it for you but to, but exactly like what you said there's a lot more nuance you know on a football sunday it's really not that hard or a baseball slate it's really not that hard assuming you have all the well, on, a, on a football but, slate like, we had more like the, the instance what we're describing is very similar to the foster moreau situation yeah, like, on do steroids. I, right, on steroids. <laughs> right, well, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, yeah. I, do I take Mike Gazicki? Do I fill a tight end spot? Do I, like, how do I have to position my, I have a utility? Do I use this, like, that type of thing in NBA? Like, you'll have five of those a night, all night, yep. like, you'll, like, all night long. We have, like, on tonight's slate or whatever. Vucevic is questionable. Jeremy Grant is yep. questionable. So now you have to think in terms of what times are these games, what times are we going to get the news? And you're like, like if you if you have oh I have a two v two, and you're like, well if Vooch is out then I got to play this guy, but if I already play a guy in the power forward slot I can still play him in the small forward slot, but that that means I can't play this small forward right. So now you're, you're looking around like that, and then you have to be able to react. It's not it's not as simple as if then type of projections because yeah you can't you you have to late swap it's. If we knew the Marone news before 1 p.m., before NFL game started, well, then I just use I just use those projections and I just make my lineups, right? But, like, you can't make... Because someone asked me uh, through DM about that situation. And he go, what happens if I would have made 150 with him, with Waller in, 150 with him out, and then when he gets ruled out, just replace it? I go, dude, half your players are locked. You can't just yeah. upload a new set of 150. Like... They're locked into the lineups. And they go, how do you do that? I go, well, you go to lineup HQ. There's a late swap tool 
that'll lock all the players in your CSV where they are. So then you could swap, but they didn't like, you can't just do if then projections and then have two sets when after yep. lock, like all of them are going to, they're going to lock any, you can't just make that unless we get the yeah, news. before. And- if you get the news before lock, yeah, yeah, then you could do it, but not afterwards. Right, and the backup, right, Moreau is min price on DraftKings near min price on FanDuel. So even if you could, uh, like, you know, manipulate a little bit better the, okay, the, these guys locked or whatever, if he, if Waller now, if Waller now plays, right, now I'm trying to think think this through, because I was thinking about it from the NBA perspective, right? Like, um, if Embiid sits, you have Drummond, now, now, now they have Drummond, right? Right. Well, Drummond is, is X price. And so, it, you know, like you said, now you have all these guys locked. You can't just be like, okay, I'll swap, right? Ah, ah I got unlucky, you know, Embiid, Embiid didn't sit. Well, you can't just swap because, like, you know, Drummond is maybe a bad example. But if it was Paul Reed, right, it was Paul Reed is the backup. And he's min-priced. There are no other min-priced players to, to swap to. So then it becomes all these, this, like, cascading effect of all these different swaps and all these different moves that you have to make. And it's not that it's not possible, I guess, but, like, you're you're definitely making it's not it way, way harder. I mean, you're, you're, it's it, it's nowhere near optimal. I mean, you're 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 prob you're probably just dead. Like it, it's probably just over for you on, on that slate. And even if you can come back on like a, a handful of teams, like you've just made a really really horrible. Whether you know whether you're doing it like me or 150 whatever, you made a horrible set of lineups uh, for that night trying that way. So it has to be the okay, you know, like you said, it's if then, but it's okay. My initial lineups are him playing. But then I'm planning around, okay, what happens if he if he does sit? But like in NBA, that's like it's not just like, okay, that we had the Foster Moreau thing, right? And in, in NBA, like it's not that bad right now, and it won't be that bad for the uh very start of it could of get the bad season. at any time though. It, that's it, true. it it can just pop up on you. Uh, you got, yeah, you just you just have you one of those know. days where seventeen people are on the injury report out of nowhere, and it's just like I don't know who's playing and who's not playing. My favorite. My favorite, see, this is, I could nerd out over all the little shit about, about NBA. My favorite, if you remember last year, so you have the Clippers, right? So we got deep into the season and you have the, we have this conversation every, you know, uh, every day uh, in NBA and it's like, okay, so-and-so is questionable or, you know, so do we need to plan around that swap, right? Are other people planning around that swap? Do the projections have that person in, right? What's the assumption? that everyone that my competitors are going into the slate with, right? Are they going in if so-and-so that's questionable is in my projections and then maybe they'll plan to swap, right? Or are they going in with that? Sometimes they'll be like, uh, Well, sometimes it's a type, it's a, to explain a situation like that, it's one of those things where, where Kawhi is listed as questionable because it's a back-to-back and he most likely doesn't play on back-to-backs. That was the exact example that I was going to use, right? And so like, I, I remember specifically, I think we even talked about this, like, but um, I think that was one of my better NBA nights last year. But the projections, it was a back-to-back, right, deep in the season. Oh, Kawhi doesn't play back-to-backs. Kawhi hasn't played a back-to-back in two years. Well, some of the rumblings were actually that he was going to play. He wasn't listed on the injury report. But everyone in DFS made the assumption, okay, of course Kawhi's not going to play, right? It's a back-to-back. And then so the edge actually was being like, well, what if they're wrong? The projections are wrong, right? So Paul George is a smash, right? Luke Kennard is a smash, Terrence Mann, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, you know, thinking, thinking all those little situations, right, right now we don't have a ton, but like you said, at any, at any time, it could be a few days from now. And the next thing you know, you know, we got eight guys questionable 
and and maybe some other like murky situations. And you have to think through all of that on on one slate, not just one Foster Moreau decision, you know. So uh, it's very it's it's but that's that's the thing that I both enjoy and I think that you know I don't have some big projection edge. Again, we talked about it before the show where I think there are a a, a very select hand few of situ- handful of situations here and there where I do think like like the projections just got a situation wrong, whether it, you know, whether it be uh, they think a team's going to stay big and I think that they're going to go small or like, like I said, I talked about Precious Tachua. I just don't, I think that we were just wrong on the, like uh, the minutes projection for him going into the season. And then, it ha- it, you know, maybe it'll adjust now, but it hadn't adjusted enough over the course of the first few games. I, right? I think there's you, guys, you guys underestimated how much Nick Nurse hates Chris Boucher. <laughs> that's what i'm saying so like the, here comes a i'm not trying to say that like a, you know that the, the, the i know better thing or whatever but if you listen to all upright and so this is part of me being a, a, a basketball but that's not I know, but no no hold on eric that's not i know better you have to put these inputs into yes project like like where it's not i hate when you say projections were wrong the inputs into the projections yeah. were wrong the projection was fine assuming that achua was going to play 18 to 20 minutes as opposed to 24 to 28 minutes. Because once you put in 24 to 28 minutes, now now the projection is is, is right. So it's, it has nothing to do yeah. with the model. It has to do with how many minutes you're allocating to the entire team. That's a, yeah. that's a human thing. So at Roto-Grinders, we have a team of people that do that. At ETR, yeah. they have a team of people that do that. At Fantasy Labs, I have no idea. There's a, there's a cuckoo clock there doing it. There's Justin <laughs> fans at Underdog now. So I don't know who's doing it at Labs. Uh, uh, all I know is that, that, that you, you, have to, you have to admit that uh, in, out of, in, in DFS, like, like, like Justin, I, I, don't, I don't get how could he, he's that, that quick with NBA updates? So I know I've listened to him on a, a podcast talk about a little. No, he doesn't give it. He doesn't. He doesn't tell you how the sausage is made entirely because this is how he's been so successful. But I know that you know they have like obviously like their templates and 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 all this shit. Like they do a lot of pre work, mm-hmm. right? Obviously a, a, a ton of pre work. I don't know. Like it's like I, I'm following the news really closely sometimes too because sometimes it is a, it is a time crunch and I know I'm gonna get his notifications but like I have Twitter and all that stuff pulled up you have whatever um, uh, alerts and, and and lists and all that kind of stuff but like sometimes it's like a tweet goes out from like a beat that's uh, Vucevic is out tonight I get the alert like 12 seconds later right he, you know like he, it, he, it he's, he's so 10 fast. seconds after Shams and Waj like uh, to me. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna ponder that he's written some type of uh, Twitter based like like algo yeah. like basically here's all the beat writers here's everything like that you're searching for words out right limited yeah. things like that from these select accounts and then it doesn't automatically happen it probably goes into a queue for a set so like. He would get a notification that something Verify, is triggered, yeah. right? And then he could press accept or not. Like basically, it's already pre-written of so and so is out question mark whatever the thing is, and he could just go through on, even on his phone and say because obviously he may get dud ones, right? That it doesn't that it doesn't understand what it's it's trying to say, and then he just quickly does it. So that's why, like, if it's at the, if it's at the API level of Twitter, like yeah, you could you could get a note you could you could have yeah. that out. 
10 to 15 with even with a human like notification oh ding you can see it shows you the tweet of it shows you Wadge's tweet it shows you what it's you know blah 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 will be out illness what okay that's good that's good i approve i approve like i i it has to be cuz no one is like like dude like you'd see shams tweet and then 12 seconds later see underdog nba or it used to be fantasy labs nba like someone so was out and it's like like how like no human could do it that like no like no one yeah. could do it that quickly it's a, it's impressive the 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 process that that they put together but like um i did just want to go back to you're you're absolutely correct i should make sure to be accurate with my my phraseology because i agree the the projections are not what is inaccurate. It is the inputs. And that's literally always what I'm saying when I'm talking right. about uh, that. It is always the inputs. It is never that, like the the projections or even the, uh, yeah, the model. None of that is ever what I'm talking about. It is the human element of the inputs that go into these things, right? Rates, minutes. For MBA, right. it's, it's uh, you know, typically minutes, um, sometimes rates, but typically, typically minutes. And so uh, I think for these very early, you know, weeks, month, two months or something or something like that, there, there are going to be a select few, um, you know, sometimes it's going to be super, super valuable the, where those situations occur that like they're wrong by four or five minutes on a guy, right? Whether it's just because, uh, you know, I don't know, it could just like the, 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 the going in assumption was wrong about Precious and, and his role because there was uncertainty right? Because like you said, Boucher was there, uh, they had Ken Birch, whatever. But like, if you kind of um, followed along, like the preseason and everything like that, Precious was definitely the starter. They're hyping the ever living shit out of him. And so I thought that the, if, if anything was wrong about the projection, it was too low. It was absolutely not going to be the, if they did it again, if there's anything wrong about the inputs on the minutes. It was, it was that it was too low. Not that it, not that it was too high. So anyway, I think that there's enough situations like that for the short foreseeable future in NBA that we can capitalize on, but there's not that many. And oftentimes they're not that impactful, right? Cause not only do you have to be right about the, the times that those are, are different. They have to have enough impact, right. To, to, to give you an advantage. You know, you, you could be, you could be right about, you can be more accurate on these minutes projections than, and anyone on the planet. But like, if the situ, if like, you gave, I don't know, you gave Jackson Hayes two less minutes and JV two more minutes. Well, if he's 8,500 and, and like, you know, the, the matchup isn't great and you are right about it, like, okay, he scored four more fantasy points. Like, it, uh, did it right, move still, the needle? He still doesn't have a flame in the DK screen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, so okay, like, he got four it, more it, points it, than average. Still five and a half X and okay. Yeah. It's like, who cares? Yeah. It's like, who cares? So it has to be, right? a specific situation to where it, it really matters, but it does happen for a little while early, early in the season. But the biggest thing why, like I nerd out over some of these things that we've been talking about is because that, that is like, you can really impactfully um, create an edge by some, some of these things, like understanding that little, like Luke Kennard, Steph Curry thing. And like thinking that through. Well, that was for a late swap. It's not, that was the best projected line of it. Just a matter of like, if I'm behind, and these are the only two guys that are left. Who can I swap to? And it's like, I have more options if Curry was in the point guard spot and Kennard yeah. was in the utilities, in the guard utility spot. Cause then at least I could play two point guards as opposed to having to play, having to play Andrew Wiggins 
right? Having right. to right, like like I'm forced into like I can't I can't get to uh I can't get to like uh, Morris or get some other cheap clipper or something because I don't have the I don't have the slot. Like it's very marginal. It didn't matter, but I looked at it specifically and I go, yeah, that would have been slightly better. Even though the times all line up, it's just like, well, these guys could have gone in different, slightly different slots. And it actually would have given me slightly more. An optimizer is not going to know that because they all look like the same time. All it's doing is time. Yeah. And not, right. It's not, it's not looking for your late swap options. Yes. Yeah. Right. Just like, oh, he's a shooting guard filming the shooting guard spot instead of this other guy that's PGSG. That's like, it was grand. It was something like uh, uh, George Hill. Right. It was that slow. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. George Hill yep. could have been yep. in the shooting guard spot. I could have played Curry in the point guard spot and Kennard in the guard utility spot. And now yep. that at least now that gives me because most likely I'm playing a point guard from that game. So who cares that if like, someone would look at the lineup and go, I can't believe you filled the utility spot with the two centers <laughs> and you left the point guard about like like in Hill. And like, I know that, that there's a reason for that. So it's very, very, mm -hmm. very small thing. It's still from from an NBA projection standpoint, you still have to admit regardless of the inputs, like it's the, it's the sport that the projections matter the most. Oh yeah. That like, if you don't, I, if you don't start with them, you might as well not play. A hundred percent. And I've, I've actually, uh, it was, I don't know if it was, it was you and I, or you, you, when you recorded with somebody else, but something I've, I've started doing in this NBA season that has really helped me. It's like, like I'm not like sharing some some process or whatever, but you mentioned to uh, when you did your episode with JM, you know, where he is a lot more kind of feel and analysis type based than you were more, um, you know, you're more the strictly just tell me put a number put on put a it. number and right. That's like I, you, I don't that's care like what you, you said. To I him. don't care if you're doing the model in your head, but at least yeah. have the the end equal a number, and then you move on to the next play. Like at least do that, and don't just like nebulously like. Yeah. Like I know better type of thing. Just put a number on it and that's fine. And so I've been doing um, like really, really, really basic versions of basically that. I pull in the Roto-Grinders projections and kind of manipulate them to, uh, you know, and it also, it helps me like provide kind of like a smell test for, for my, my thoughts. You know, I look at, it's basically just like, again, like the minutes, I do look at a little bit of the, the rates early, early in the season um for certain guys so like uh an, an example for a guy who i just thought we were wrong about uh about rates was like john morant like coming into the season like jonas valanciunas is gone dylan brooks is is hurt and i and my my assumption on on john morant's rates was like way higher than than but i wanted to pull pull in the data pull in the inputs pull in the projections and 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 i want to even if it's like like i just want i'm trying to take my thoughts, my, what I believe to be directional accuracy, that's different from those projections and, and quantify it. Even if it's, even if I know like that number is not like accurate, I'm not like gonna, I'm not like gonna now take those, those projections, re-upload them into to lineup HQ and run with them. I'm not, I'm not really trying to do that, but I'm trying to put like quantify a little bit, some of those things, right. As opposed to, like you said, like, I'm just trying to put a number on, here's where I think the inputs are wrong, or here's where I think the inputs could be the most wrong. What does that look like when, if that's right, or if that's wrong or whatever, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to do that. And that has really helped me actually. Um, cause so I, I do that, NBA, Eric, so. I do the same thing with, uh, with owner. I mean, what you're doing is the same thing I do with ownership. 
right? Because remember, that's the that's the forte of my game is predicting what the yeah. field's going to do. So a lot of times I'll look at at the Roto Grinders projections, which which are good. Projections around the yeah, industry overall are good in, in NBA. Uh, and I'm less concerned about I I trust our projections team and projections teams around the industry. Like I look I look at other projections. Uh, mm-hmm. I trust they'll get the minutes right. They'll get the rate. Like they'll they'll be they'll be more accurate than I could ever do. But the thing yeah. is, is that any aberration is going to be exponentially reflected in ownership. Yeah. So there there are there like in ro- like Roto Grinders ownership is reflective of Roto Grinders projections. So if you if we if you have Precious Achua at eighteen minutes and you have him at four percent owned, and I know he's going to be twenty five percent owned. That changes every other player's ownership. So yep. you can't go by that ownership. So I have to go. And it's not just a matter of changing Precious's ownership projection from four to twenty-five. Well, now I have to start knocking down some of these these cheaper players. I have to knock down the expensive centers because he fills a power might, forward center spot. You might have to knock down his teammates, depending right. upon what yeah. So there's a lot of downstream effects. Yeah. So I'm do- so while you're doing it with the rates and the minutes, I'm doing with that because I'm looking around the industry going. Yeah, we're we're like like no, this guy is not only going to be twelve percent owned. Or there's sometimes where it's like, uh, so and so thirty six percent owned. I go no, he's going to be like seventeen percent. Like like because we're we're I think we're slight. I think I, I look around the industry and I go I look. We have him at thirty minutes and two other sites have him at twenty seven. And I go that three minute difference, especially on like a one point four point fantasy point per minute player, could make the difference between him being twelve percent and forty percent owned. Yep. But I have to adjust all the owners. So like looking around, you, it's not a matter of, oh, I don't trust the projections. It's like, like you, Eric, you, you, you know better from minutes, the inputs and go the same thing in NFL to say, well, should we be, here's, here's an example for NFL. Should we be a, a lowering the A dot for Calvin Ridley now? Right? Yeah. Like, his 6,600 for Calvin Ridley. I'm like, how do I not pass this up in cash games if I could get it? And then I, I watched, I saw parts of the game because I was looking for Calvin Ridley, especially early when I did, I had most of the late games and I'm seeing Kyle Pitts running 40 yard routes, Russell Gage running go routes and Kyle Ridley is running these seven yard little inside posts type of things. And mm-hmm. I'm going, what the hell is going on with and Cordell Patterson is running lo- longer routes? I'm like, is has Ridley turned into Sterling Shepard? Because if Ridley is Sterling <laughs> yeah. Shepard, he's really only a six K wide receiver now. Like he's not, yep. he's not that 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 he's not a twenty seven percent target share, fifteen yard a dot player anymore. If that's if that's the case, I, it may that it just may be transitory. I don't know, yep. but that's the type of thing of like. If someone's not putting in, if someone's going, no, Calvin Ridley's still Calvin Ridley, we're going to just treat him like last year. Like your projection is going to be, you're going to end up higher. But if you, if you want to go in and take his target share from 28 down to 24 and take his a dot from 15 down to 11, like the model will put all that, that stuff in. You'll have to change obviously other players on the team also. And then it'll spit out different numbers and you go, okay, Ridley's an okay play, but not a great play. So the same thing with what you mentioned with, with NBA, it's like if you don't, if, if you could go right into the Roto Grinders projections and go team by team and go, let me take a look at the minutes on this team. It's like, now nah, I think like the first night, for instance, 
I believe our projections had it right and and others had it wrong. We got the news because I, I, I'm only saying this because people trolled me on, on fucking Twitter for it, even though I won. Uh, DeAnthony Melton cash? And DeAnthony Melton was $3,400 or something. He was, he, was, he was under what he is even now. Kyle Anderson was not in the starting lineup. DeAnthony Melton was in the starting lineup. And yep. uh, DeAnthony Melton typically runs the second unit. Yep. Right. Kyle Anderson really does is not a point guard, really. He could. No. He's a he could. He's like kind yeah. of could be. So But I, he's also like not like super usage. It's like he might have the ball, but right. he's not like like running things. You right. know what I mean? But DeAnthony Melt is more likely to run it. We don't have Dylan Brooks. We don't have Jonas Valanciunas in the lineup anymore. Uh DeAnthony Melton on other sites was projected for 24 minutes. On our site, on our site, on Roto Grinders, he was projected for 28 minutes because 24 Which minutes was still low. And it was still and it, right. It was still low. But just thinking through it, I I questioned our I crew rest of the Roto Grinders. I said, I'm I'm playing Melton Cash. He's <laughs> right. I'm pl- I'm like, but I can't. But. 28 minutes, I, 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 since I at least follow the rotations enough, because I, I, I say I don't watch, I don't watch basketball, but I do follow what happens in the games. Yeah. I go, well, yeah, if, if Melton's going to close and he's going to run the second unit, like, how does he not play less than 28 minutes here? I mean, if anything, maybe he plays 32 minutes here because he what I, I'm, I'm expecting based on rotate, based on this is. Pure, purely just knowing how NBT, NBA teams operate, not just the Grizzlies. I think Mel, what's going to happen with Anderson out of the starting lineup is that Melton's going to play like the first four minutes as a, this is what like typically, but they'll play, he'll play the first four minutes alongside Morant. Then yep. Kyle Anderson will come in for him, play the next four minutes with John Morant. Then Melton will come in for John Morant and then play the next eight minutes without him running the second unit until he comes out for a rest. Kyle Anderson comes in for another four minutes and then Melton plays the closing four, right? Like, yep. And that equals like 28 to 32 minutes. Cause like what other ball handlers, Desmond Bain ain't a ball handler. I'm looking on their roster going, who's a ball handler? Well, Melton and Morant. And that's about it. I mean that, so I don't see any reason why that and other sites are like 24 minutes. And like, that's that to me, that's an input issue. But I think I think when when Anderson was in the lineup, I think I think other sides bumped him up to twenty six or something, and we had him at twenty eight, and that extra two minutes got him into my basically my cash build. He's a because he's a really productive player, right. like you mentioned. You know, he's not one point four, but you know he's a plus, one plus fantasy point per minute producer. And when you're thirty four hundred, and the next thing you know, you add multiple fantasy points to your projection, like that's a big deal. Right. So, but but those what you're talking about is those types of things, like. A minute or two here and there may not make a difference on an, an $8,900 player, right? Is Giannis yep. going to play 34 or 35? Like, it's not, it's, yeah, I don't think it's going to matter that much. But a, a guy that's 3,400, Jalen how how much is Jalen Suggs going to play? I mean, obviously, early in the season, these rookies are playing a lot more than they would have in the past. Like, look, mm-hmm. Evan Mobley's price on FanDuel was a joke for the first two slates, <laughs> right? Yep. That type of thing. Uh, but that, but, Still, that comes down into to inputs and and real. I mean, you could do it in any sport. So when 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 I'm talking about, I it's, it sounds like I'm saying you kind of have to watch the games, but I'm not. But I'm not. But I'm not watching the games. No. All I'm doing is is 
watching the the inputs and the projections going where where's the ver where's the, I'm looking for the VIX right in the stock market where's the VIX where's the uncertainty because it's quite possible Melton plays 20 minutes that game right it's quite possible they just say slow mo you're the you're gonna run the second unit it's that that was in the range of outcomes but yep. if someone that knows the NBA better would say like I think it's it's 80 20 I'm right. Right. And that's yeah. where that extra four minutes comes from. And that's where you're that's that's where when 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 Petty Theft was talking about, that's where that edge is. And especially if you're playing 150 lineups, it's gonna be reflected in a lot of you get to press that edge a lot more. And of course mm-hmm. when you're wrong, it goes it's a disaster. But you could do those types of things. But you're rarely gonna get into instances where you're giving ten minutes plus in one or yeah. two direction. You're not you're not getting ever getting to that extent. But it's not the matter of like if you don't have projections you can't win but if you don't have some type of process to doling out minutes to players seeing how they rate to one another obviously the egregious salary mistakes when when Duarte and Barnes and some of these guys are just wild like you could just spot that from a mile away you probably don't need yeah. projections for that but once once the play, once the pool gets a little bit more efficient where there are it certain pricing discrepancies by 500, 600, not 2,000. Like, having a process. So whatever that model is, if you could do it in your head, you're a genius then, right? Like Brian <laughs> Hooper says on law, laws. Like, human beings just can't just have all those variables and weight them correctly. It's impossible. No. So that's what the model does for you. So if you want to go in and say, well, I'm going to use someone else's model, but I'm going to put in the inputs that I want. Then fine. Feel free to go to Roto Grinders and change the minutes. Feel free to go and change, change, change the projections. I change the ownership projections. Feel, but then once once you're done, once you got a number, then now just make plus EV lineups. But giving the projections in and of itself is not going to make you a winner in NBA, but it'll definitely not make you a loser. It what what yeah. what'll end up what that that's why like to get to the last thing, uh, typically playing a lineup that projects median wise 21 points lower behind another person's lineup is, is not a good thing. No matter. There's no, there's no takes to make up for, for 21 points. Right. No, I played some bad lineups and some lineups giving up too too many projected points, but I never quite, I never quite seen uh, something like that when I did, I have given you shit for, uh, for, for your engagements with uh, this certain individual, but I did love, I did get a really good chuckle. Uh, out of that, but one. I explained that it, funny. Eric. The, the okay, this is this is the point I want to make. Uh, first off, uh, I don't, I only fuck with people that fuck with me. I'm 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 old school Brooklyn. I you fuck with me, <laughs> I fuck with you. Like it, it, it just it's eye for an eye. If you don't mm-hmm. fuck with me, I don't care. Go around and do whatever the hell you want. Feel free to scam people, feel free to hustle. No, you be you, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But as long as you don't fuck with me, but if you fuck with fuck with me, I'll fuck. Then now, now everything's now now everything's open. Okay, so when 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 Ben the Better starts calling out touts like three months ago, <laughs> right? You know, fine. It's like okay, he's an idiot, right? And people in gambling in the in the sports betting space follow him because he's he's just funny because how bad he is. Uh, mm-hmm. And people questioning whether or not he's even a pa- he's a pa- he's he's that bad that it's good possible he's a parody. He's not. Parody. Right. He's I I know I know for a fact that he's not. Uh, yeah, I have heard some rumblings. Yeah. Uh, but 
and I'm fine with people doing that. I'm like, I'm fine. You feel free to call out whatever. But once you once you mention me, well, now now you're fucking with me. And I come from uh, the old the old school style poker community. I want to call it old school. 2002 is not old school, old school. But I played <laughs> primarily live poker, okay? And I played primarily in underground games, live games, private games, more closed community. And your reputation is almost, is, is like a FICO score. Yeah. Okay? So uh, if, if, you, if you didn't pay someone back, don't expect to ever be able to borrow money from anyone ever again. Like that's it. People would pay people back over their own rent. Yeah. That, cause it, cause especially if you're, if you're, if you're under bankrolled, like just getting back the getting, it would be a regular occurrence that like, can I borrow, can I borrow five grand in game, like in games? And also a lot of times it wasn't necessarily, it was like for that night. It's like, like I, I'm, 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 you know, someone would lose two thousand. They only brought two thousand. Like, can, can can you spot me a thousand? Sure, but you'd you'd like the next day you were at the game. You you paid immediately because if you didn't, yep. you would never be able to do that. Like, you would never be in a position to ever ever borrow money again. Same thing for paying yep. bets, side bets, right? It could be even at the poker space. Yeah, the Giants are going to win tomorrow. Like. Like, uh, I'll, I'll bet I'll, someone will say like, oh, I remember I bet on that. The, someone, someone said the Steelers are going to win tomorrow. This is like a, a long time ago. Uh, Steelers are going to win tomorrow outright. Uh, and I, I go, yeah, but they're, they're a seven point dog. Said, no, they're winning outright. Said, I'll even bet you even money. Like, like, seriously? I go, he goes, yeah. I said, so I have a 500 bucks. He goes, booked. Said, I'm getting, I'm getting a touchdown and a money. I mean, like. To me, that's EV. So I'm like, oh, fine, five hundred bucks. Yeah, I ended up losing. I ended up losing. Steelers actually won outright, but literally, <laughs> he walked. He walked. Walked in. Walked in two days later. First thing. First thing is like, look at those Steelers. He always wore. He was a Steelers fan, right? So some dude that plays plays poker, uh, and he goes, Steelers. You know, did you see that Steelers game? I before I even answered, I had I five hundred dollars. Like it, I didn't even want, I don't even want you to even have to mention that I owe you money. Like I will right. have an, in, an envelope for you. The first thing like right there, because it's worth so much. How would I expect to make bets of that fucking stupidity, right? To get a seven <laughs> points for nothing. If, if you're known as someone that doesn't pay their bets or, you know, I'll get it to mm-hmm. you later or here's 200 or no, you have to keep your reputation intact. So coming from that background, like, in the DFS space, there isn't as much of that, but there's still a reputation factor as far as working at sites, as far as playing on sites, side bets, challenges. Who knows? Yep. You know, I mean, I bet on the the, the, the election, not through sports books, through DMs. Yep. Right? So, like, if, if I don't want anyone to possibly think that I'm a cheater, colluder, a welcher, a, someone that backs out of bets or anything like that. It's like, if I agree to something, I agree to something. My word is my bond and that's it. I don't cheat. I don't collude. I don't do any of that. So if anyone's going to call me out for that, I'm going after you like that. Right. I bet on, uh, I bet on during the uh, <laughs> pandemic, uh, you remember the Bales pushup challenge, right? You know, there was, there was more money going around on side bets through Twitter DMs. Uh, I had to pay some of those. I, I lost, I, I, I lost some of those bets, but, but the thing is, is that once he, like, 
I'm of, of my attitude of once he passed the number and it was confirmed. The first, like I was in, I was in four people's DMs going, "What's your PayPal? What's your PayPal? What's your What's your PayPal? PayPal? Yep. Even even the the and when Empire Maker and the Awesome Challenge, like I just gave him mm. back because I I won the money off of him for the COVID deaths. Uh, I I bet on I bet on Awesome and then like before the last slate, like Awesome couldn't mathematically win. And I remember Empire Maker leaving tweeted out, it's like, now, now that he can't win, why aren't people paying me? And me, I didn't know it was, I didn't know he couldn't mathematically win. But my yeah. concern was, is that I don't want people thinking that I don't pay bets. So the yep. first response I did to Empire Maker is like, like, I immediately sent him 2000 I said, here's two, like, and I, I, I purposely replied back with the PayPal thing of saying, saying, sorry, didn't realize that he was mathematically eliminated. He, like, he, and he liked, like, but that wasn't for him. Because, like, he paid me on the COVID. I paid, like, like that's, you, you have to have a reputation to do mm-hmm. things like that. Like, if I wanted to, for instance, I don't I don't legally bet on sports, right? I can't here in Kentucky, and I don't do the offshore sites. Uh, so I don't have much money. A lot of times, in, like, in MMA, that's a very linear experience. Like, you could be in line for 100K bink, and, like, if this guy wins, you win $100,000. If this guy loses, you're, you're going to break even on the day. So it's like, well, I'm going to just bet on the other guy for like 20 or 30 grand and like lock right. in like 50 grand a profit. But I don't have access to the, I have access to the money, but I don't have access to the sports book. So I could DM. There are people that have that much money. And as long as I have a good reputation, just, hey, can you put down 30K on so-and-so? Knowing that if the if that guy loses, obviously the guy wins he has to give me the money, right? So I need to trust him. But, yeah. you know, if he loses and then I win the 100K big, he has to know, like, you have to cover your $30,000 here. You know, send me something. I mean, like, whatever. Like, you can't, if you're if you're known as any bad thing, like, you, you won't have access to those, to those types of things. That's very similar to the poker community. Like, you're just not going to have access. If you're known as a cheater, you're not going to be asked to private games. You're not going to be asked, I mean, like, you're going to be locked out of a lot of, a lot of EV locked out of a lot of, uh, access of, of anything. So to me, like maybe to other people that doesn't matter because there's a lot of shady people in our industry that are shady as it is. Uh, I want my reputation. I post my 1099s. I post my rotor tracker fucking feel free to come after me. I, there's nothing, there's nothing to expose, right? There's nothing. I know shit about so many people that I don't, uh, there's no reason for me to say anything. Why? They haven't fucked with me, right? Mm-hmm. I respect your hustle as long as you don't fuck with me. But you fuck with me, then everything's fair game. I play for blood, right? I, I, I'm, the, I'm the type of person. I, 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 I told my wife, like, because a lot of times we're watching like murder mystery stuff. She watches the ID channel or whatever. It's like, <laughs> what would you do with this situation? This guy's coming at you with whatever. It's like, it's like dude, I would have never, I, I, it's like, once he got in the door, said, I, I, I would have, I would have fucking, I would have took that lamp and beaten him to death. I said, I said, you would have been able to beat him. So I said, no, I would have beaten him twice to death. I said, said, well, I, said so you, you'd have so questions, the ability for me to do that. I said, if I think my life is in danger, like, like I, like, dude, I, it, I will grab his gun and I will unload all the rounds through, like all of them. <laughs> like, like, oh, so, so you'd grab the gun and shoot him in the head. I go, no, I'd shoot him eight times in the head. He goes, why eight <laughs> times? Because I said, I, as long as I have bullets, I need to make sure that he's dead. 
right? Like, like to that, to that extent. So it's like, like, dude, I play for blood. Like if, 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 yeah. so to me, that's the, that's, that's the most important thing. So that I had to explain that. So for people that don't know the back, the, the, the tweets from three months ago, or even the tweets from three weeks ago, right. Mm-hmm. Or he tweets out. That's like, like, uh, I, I say, uh, he goes, you, uh, I'm, I'm posting $20 head to heads. And then he sends me a head to head. And I go, I'm on a showdown show during lock. I wasn't even playing, planning on playing NBA because I'm doing an NFL show. And especially in NBA, fucking shit happens all the time. I'm on a show. (laughs) I can't fucking swap lineups and shit. But fuck it. I'll just, even if that, even I'm putting myself at a disadvantage for 20 bucks in the grand scheme of things. Fine, fine. uh, To to give myself the lulls of playing Ben the better, I'll accept. (laughs) Only, so number one, it's only $20 in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and two, so I don't look, so he can't, oh, now he doesn't want to play me. He won't let me get my money back type of thing. It's like, no, you wanted the $20 a day. And then I said, I said, I, I'm not playing tonight, but I'll play, I'll, I'll, I'll basically click the optimize button on rotogrider projections and play whatever the hell that is. And hopefully I don't need to swap anywhere. Uh, and then right after that, let's, let's do 215. Like, dude, I just, I wasn't, the fact that I'm playing you for $20 is, is a gift, Right. <laughs> And now you're gonna go and say that like, oh well, I'm 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 now I'm somehow reneging. But Eric, you could understand from my background, from my poker games, that someone publicly going out and saying this guy is backing out of a bet or this guy is is not agreeing to having any perception of that, like is is it's not the type of thing that I, based on my mentality, could just like let go. Even though, well, mm-hmm. who cares about Ben the better? Like I care about the person five months from now that that wants to bet on Trump winning the election when he's lost already. I mean, like, is that guy going to pay me? Is that guy, like those types of things? Am I am I am I overreacting? And then when that, in addition to that, when I do, and then people want to see it, right? After I do it, now people want what is the head? I now I'm getting messages. So what? Who did he play? What did so? I'll post it at the end, and then. Since I do this podcast, since I do the pregame show, let me make it turn it into a teachable moment, right? And say, look, his, this is what I had my lineup at. This is what I had his lineup at. You know, I don't know why he wanted to play this guy. If he wanted to do this, he could have done this lineup and that would have been a reasonable, like, I'm still trying to teach other people, but you know, the byproduct of all of this, which makes, uh, I'll, I'll say the byproduct it, you, you give your input. I, I talk too much. I don't let you talk enough. That's the number one the complaint. Cause I have one more, I have one more thing of the byproduct of all this, which makes it even stupider. But do, the first question is, do you, do you, even though you may not, you may personally be like in this scenario, go, I'm just not going to engage with this person at all. Just let them do whatever, whatever. But can you at least understand from my background, maybe I'm overreacting, but at least it's understandable. A hundred percent. So I'll give a, a, a not similar, but a, along the same line of thinking, personal story that kind of describes how I feel pretty much the exact same way that you described. I don't know that I would shoot the guy eight times in the head. That may be a little overkill, but uh, maybe a couple. Um, so during the pandemic, so uh, I was uh, engaged during that we got engaged, you know, like the year before the pandemic hit and everything. 
and um, we were supposed to get married basically during the heart of the the beginning stages of the pandemic so obviously we had to push back our our wedding my wife is on twitter if you're if you follow me on twitter um you might have seen some of her tweets here and there because she lives to give me shit and make fun of me um and so she's better she's definitely better at twitter than me so you might have seen her on on twitter um during that time she posted just something like you know she was depressed because we had i think it was like just like that day or one of the recent days pushed back the wedding she's we're getting married she was sad that like this pandemic hit and we had to push back the wedding because of it you know she just posted that like she was upset that or something you know i don't remember what exactly even what she said but um i won't i won't mention uh this gentleman's name but a, a high stakes dfs player who also happened to be uh you know one of uh, just the flu guys and uh uh you know uh, covid denier type type guy uh who talks a lot of shit and is a kind of a douche uh quote tweeted her like mocking her making fun of her or whatever for you know being upset that her her freaking wedding got got postponed and i lost it like did i go too far did i shoot the guy eight times in the head yeah i did but like just everything that you like that that you outlined i don't really have like like i don't have a personal problem with ben the better because he never talked to me so like like you said you want to be a douche and an idiot on your own time away from me? I don't really care. And, you know, most of the time those people are not are not going to be worth my time. But when you fuck with me and you fuck with mine, like, like I, I went after the dude and I'm like, don't you ever fucking like talk to my wife or talk down to my wife or quote tweet her again? Like, hey, I will come whoop your ass in person. Like, I know who you are and what you look like and I will whoop your ass. So let's just start there. And, and, and let's just, you leave, like, if you want to talk, talk to, talk to me, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Don't come after, don't, don't talk to my family. Even if you think you're being funny and you're joking, let's not, let's just not, let's not go there. Cause you're not going to like how it's going to end. And so I probably, like you said, kind of like took it like even like a little bit, a little bit too far on Twitter that, that one day, but it's like the same example of like, as long as you don't fuck with me, you could be an idiot. And this person I believe is, is an idiot and has proven to be an idiot on Twitter over the course of the last year. But like, do what you got to do, man. Like, I, it's fine. Like, I don't really care if our opinions disagree or if I think you're an idiot or you think I'm an idiot. But like, we can stay separate. That's, 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 that's totally fine. And I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna get into it with you. But once you cross that line and you come over and you start bringing your bullshit into my life, like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up for myself. And I'm gonna, you know, like deal with you as, as I see fit. And if that is uh, aggressive or if that is something that other people think I shouldn't do, then so be it. But like, I have morals and I have things that I can't like, you know, are we going like our equation, right? Like my life equation, there are certain things that I value and I'm going to put at a higher priority, even if it's me doing something or being an asshole or whatever that somebody thinks I shouldn't do. There are things that I'm like, I'm just going to stand up for that. And I, and that's, and that's just, it just is what it is. And so I, I told, I totally agree whether or not anyone agrees right about the specific situation. Like there are just things that uh, that's, that's how it works for me. And I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine living by those rules. Right. I mean, and I don't even mind you. You want to call and say, I'm a, I'm a garbage player. Okay, fine. That's an opinion. I think plenty, there are plenty of other pl people that are shitty players, right? I mean, <laughs> that's perfectly fine. I, I don't, I don't say anything because what, what, what do I have to gain from saying anything? I don't, right? I want them to continue to play. So I don't, I don't give a shit. 
And if you call me a bad, like that, that's not what, 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 how does that affect me? I, if I was sitting down at a nine player poker table, I want people to think I'm the worst player at the table. I mean, that's not, <laughs> that's the whole point. That's how you make money by fitting in, right? By, by, you know, not being the glasses and the headphones and not talking to anyone and playing, you know, and oh, we're going to straddle every hand. It's like, oh, this is so negative EV. But if I don't straddle, then I'm I'm not, I'm not part of the group. I mean, that's part of the game. So I understand like with the reaction of like, well, why do you want to teach him how to play better? This is where, the, this is where it, DFS and poker are the complete opposites. And it blows my mind, Eric. It blows my mind. In poker, you don't teach at the table. Like you don't discuss, I, at the, at, when I play poker, I never discuss strategy. Off the table, there, even, even you know, players that I knew, whatever it was, why did you raise here and did this? Well, it's like, well, the equity here works out that, well, you know, and I knew that he had the range of, you know, whatever. But at the, at the actual table, if I go to the casino card room now, here in, in over, the, over the river in Indiana, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll, I'll be chatty enough. I'll be whatever. And, but I'm not, I may say good hand. I may acknowledge, you know, another mm-hmm. good player knows that when I bet there that I could see them look at me and go, Oh, you knew, you knew when to value bet there. Like, like, so we both like get each other's eyes and go, okay. Like we both know what we're doing here. Right. Like those right. types of things, but we're not going to explain that at like, it's, 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 it's like this un, unwritten. You could, you could just tell by how people play. But I'm not going to sit there and like people are like, well, with Ace Queen, do you do this? And like, like no, the, 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 we'll talk about the sports game or something like that. Uh, so I understand not you don't want to make the players better, but that's also in person, right? You also don't yeah. want to berate bad players in person because that makes them not want to play, right? You want the bad players to be enjoying themselves and dumping their money, okay? If you're saying how bad, damn, you play bad. I was a horrible play. They'll be more inclined to, oh, I, I don't want to get yelled at again, so I'm going to play less hands. Like that, now you're making them play better, right? You, they may not ever play good, but they're playing better than they're currently playing. But that, that that's face-to-face live. Now in poker, that even exists probably online also. I've seen, I've been in plenty mm-hmm. of online rooms with the chat. I've been playing in eight games at once, and you say, you're a donkey, you're a donkey, you're a donkey. I can't believe it called there. You know, you see that shit also. But people come in and out of online games so often that it's like, whatever. But when you're playing eight eight hours with someone or whatever, like, it matters. So you never do that live. Like, that's that's so detrimental to you. And especially in the underground scene in New York City, you're playing against a lot of the same people over and over again. You're seeing the same... You know, the said Joe the plumber for three days a week. You know, the you know, Ken the businessman, you know, on the weekends. And you're gonna be playing with him for two years, right? And he's on average dumping a thousand dollars every weekend. I mean, like, why would I want these people to get better? Right? right? So I'm gonna hang around with them. DFS it works the complete opposite way, and it 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 it's it's so ridiculous that since I since I've posted Ben the Better. Since I posted my my lineups, right? Here's the matchup. There are more people that have told me how bad my lineup was than anything else. <laughs> I've, I've and people that are sending me head to heads. Here's, Damn, I here, need to do that. Here's 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 here. And Davis Maddock, it works the same way with the Gilcast and Levitan says the same thing, right? He get he he can't turn down this action. 
uh, even after explaining and showing how to build cash flow. I mean, like you're teaching people how to play and they're telling you, no, you're wrong and I want to play you, which is what you ne you never see in poker. So like in DFS, I'm, ge I'm, getting, I'm getting messages saying, uh, you know, uh, either one or two things. It's like, oh, you're just, pre you're just pressing an, uh, a button on an optimizer. I could beat you. It's like, no, I'm just using the best projections possible and just playing the best possible lineup for the, like, right. it's not, it's not the optimizer. These are the best projected, whatever. And then you have, uh, you know, I got head to heads the next day off of like four people that are like DeAnthony Melton and Cash. And, and I, and I, I had to explain, I, and I was trying to teach people saying, it's not about the players. It's about the lineups, right? Yeah. Why didn't you, why didn't you, I can't believe you didn't play, uh, uh, so like there, there was, there was some, some guy on the first slate that, that was chalky that I didn't play in my cash lineup. Uh, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it was like a mid range guy. It was one of those fill in guy, like a six K guy or something mm -hmm. that I didn't play. Uh, and I said, I didn't feel the need to play him because this lineup actually projected, uh, 0.2 points higher. Said I could have played that lineup or this line. They both fine lineups, but once, once. This happened once uh, Melton was in the starting lineup. Once uh, so and so was ruled out in this other game, it bumped up this guy and it made this lineup better. Said, but I don't know how you how do you fade a sixty two percent on whatever the guys. I forgot. Uh, I go because it's about lineups, not players. Like I'm trying to teach you, and the, you know what the third message is. Said, you want to play head to head tomorrow. <laughs> Like that doesn't happen in po like you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, like the, uh, the argument that you shouldn't berate bad players and teach them how to play seems to work the opposite way in DFS that all it does is reinforce that person's confirmation bias and beliefs and want to prove that against you more. Like, yes, you do get heads up for roles in, in poker sometimes, but typically that it's people yell, uh, uh, talking about who's better than each other. Mm -hmm. Not, not like, oh, you're bad or whatever. Like it's, it doesn't work with the bad players. It's more of like players that are above average that are, you know, you know, dick waving each other. Right. Yeah. Heads up for roles. You don't see heads up for roles against, against a bad player. It's typically two high stakes <laughs> players that want to just fucking, fucking, you know, slap their own dicks. But in DFS, it works the complete opposite way. It's like, I could just go on Twitter and berate, berate, berate people and then they go, well, well I'm, I'm going to send you head to head. I'm getting head to head. I'm getting head to heads now. I'm going, this should be the complete opposite. If the, the point is, is that you should not want to play me now. And no, no, people are looking going, oh, I see what you're doing. I see what your process is. And I think you're the fish. Really? And, and even, if, even if you disagree, you shouldn't want to go after the person that clearly at least has a thoughtful, like, like even even if you think your exact implementation of that process or little minor things about that process are not perfectly optimal, like that's it's it's still clearly an informed player who knows what they're doing, who has a good process. It's like just because you slightly disagree, you're at best you're still coin flipping that person. So what are you? Why why is right. that the person that you want to go after? Well, uh, someone someone responded back, which was correct, because. Uh, they were question. Why wouldn't I play him for two hundred and fifteen dollars? Right, like on that that one slate. It's like because I already agreed to play him for twenty when I wasn't even going to play at all. 
So why why am I at? Because well, you're scared of losing. I don't play based on being scared or not being scared. I play yeah. based on making money. So if I'm not going, if I'm not playing the slate specifically because I can't play it 100% because I will be distracted at a time where there could be this guy out, this starting lineup change or whatever, and I'm not going to be able to swap. So that's the reason I am not playing. But you took the $20 head to head. It's like, that's probably a bad decision also. But I think <laughs> that my disadvantage, I think Ben the better is so, it's, as hard, is awful enough that I still think I'm I'm above the rake. I'm 55 45 even in that spot. So yeah. for 20 for 20 bucks, fuck it. For a 55 45, even 60 like just just to get just so people are like I'll post your head to head on Twitter. Okay, I'll do it for the entertainment value. And if he beats me, so be it. Whatever. Uh Yeah. And then after doing the 20 what what why am I Imagine going to to, to someone it's like I'll bet you $100 on this Eric. And you go, "Okay, I'll take it." Said said Let's make it a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> and then you go, no, I'm not gonna. Oh, what are you scared? And like, like that's un. It, it doesn't matter the level of like. Well, what's two hundred fifteen dollars to you? Like, it's two hundred fifteen dollars more than I wanted to play tonight at all. So like, <laughs> th- whatever. And then someone's gonna come in and say, if you really thought you were sick this much, you sh- and you have a two hundred thousand dollar bankroll, you sh- you should be playing them in a ten thousand dollar head to head. It's like, dude, this isn't. Th- yes. By by the Kelly, Kelly criterion, how how often am I going to be able to play Ben the better to a head head to head before he stops, right? Yeah. If you tell me that that he I'm he's going to play me in fifty head to heads, I probably I I will probably have no problem playing him in probably somewhere between two and five thousand dollars a head to head. He doesn't have that role to do it, but right. based on what I've what I'm seeing, I would if I could play him fifty times but once. Dude, are, are you going all in Ace Nine versus Jack Four? Like, not like, yeah, you're yeah, you're ahead with Ace Nine, but you're not like, like, dude, you're sixty forty. Like, why, why put yourself at risk? What's your what? It comes down to that equation thing again, of like, what's yep. what's what's Perfect. your equation? Yeah. But but the thing is, I got I gotta say I gotta respond to that because I don't want if you don't see the previous conversation. If you don't see previous tweets, if you don't see the thread, it looks like that I'm backing out of a bet. So I, I got, what am I tell? And I got some other dude fucking uh, from poker player from 15 fucking years ago, Jeopardy winner, Alex Jacob. Fucking, I think he's helping Ben play. Doing a horrible job at it, by the way. Uh, Saying you know what what is what does your reputation matter when you play DFS against the sites? It's like you've never made side bets before. You're like, like dude, did, did, you don't call out people. And he's like, well, he's a new player. You had to give you know, you shouldn't want to have to teach him. He's saying all these other things and going, well, the the thing is like, like I post my head to heads. I'm not just take one. Ben the better said on Friday he wasn't playing head to heads. He told that on his Twitter timeline, and you know what he did? He took one of my fifties. <laughs> which I'm fine with, but I wouldn't have yeah. said, I normally, I wouldn't say nothing. I would just take his money quietly and let him keep on taking the $50 head tests. But he specifically is calling out multiple people that I know in the DFS space and he's lying about it. So yeah. I'm, 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 oh, looks like, uh, looks like, and then he plays a lineup that's with Mitchell Robinson in it for whatever the fuck reason. Right. Uh, I think, I think it, it, it comes, it comes around to, uh, 
in, in DFS, there's, I think that equation has too much ego in it. What I think I, 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 I get, I get more of the, I mean, just from ever even, even other analysts touts or whatever, like, and I, Eric, is, is, would this be, would this be, I don't say controversial to say, but do you think, I, I don't say, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm not hump, like I'm, I'm, because it'll, it'll sound like I'm full of myself to project this onto other people. Do you think uh, people don't, they don't get me? I'm taking get personality wise. Like the number one thing, you're condescending, you're like all, all this blunt and you interrupt people and you think you're a know-it-all. Do you think that, that I'm actually the complete, I'm like, I don't, I, if you talk to me outside of me yelling on YouTube or something, if you watch the pregame show, like I'm, I'll, I'm willing to teach everything that I know and give you as much time. I've people have DM me saying, uh, I don't understand this, blah, blah, blah. And I've said, here's my number. Call me now. And I've talked to them on the phone for an hour and tried to teach them how to play and tried to, and then all that type of stuff. Do you, uh, do you think that like they project their own equation that involves ego onto me? And they go, well, uh, you're just, you're doing this to show that, you know, like I'm doing this to teach people and make money. And I'm a new, and understand that I'm a New Yorker. So like, I'd like, like I'm a classic, that type of, so maybe you overestimate that, but you're looking at my tweets and my stuff. And a lot of times I'm just trying to be funny. I'm just trying to have the lulls on Twitter and whatever, and joke around that because ego is so important to them. That they go, well, the only guy, the only reason they're, that's why the, the Alex Jacobs saying, oh, you're dunking on people. If I was dunking on people, I'd, I'd put fucking gifts and say, and put the clown face on and do whatever. I wouldn't distinctly go out and say, here are how my, both of my projected lineups were. And here's how he could have made a lineup with these players if he prioritized. Like, I wouldn't be doing that. Ego is not part of that. I didn't play him in a 215 because I was scared of getting a bruised ego of 215, it's because I play for money, and if I can't play at 100%, why am I playing at all? Truthfully, the $20, I should, I technically shouldn't have, right? But I did, but I did anyway. So like, like all these, all these types of things, it, it just feels like, getting back to that, 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 what's your equation? People superimposing their own equation on other people, Right, like I, I look at the live, like what you, what you do with the live finals. I superimpose my equation onto other people. Why the fu- fucking people are playing? Uh, the the money sucks like that. Mm-hmm. Sixteen times just to qualify. You're 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 eighty grand in. You have to come in third place just to break even. Like, <laughs> like why why are you doing that? And then you get that you have to pay for the package, and that could that's tax that's not tax deductible. And I'm going through all of that type of stuff. And then oh, I, I'm not superimposing my own ego. Over yeah, if yeah, you're right. If I had if I had an ego that I wanted to to show people that I'm the best DFS player, probably winning a live final and leaving one of those big checks would be would be one of the highest on on my priority. But it isn't. So when I when I say that you know like even I talked to John Squirrel Patrol, and I and he, he's told me that he's, he's he's actually profitable in like he he considers it a profitable endeavor, and I question if it's even a profitable endeavor, but. He, he he says that it is, and I'm I'm willing to trust the amount of money that he's put in and whatever. Uh that's fine. But I mean, 
that's part of his equation. But at least coming from his perspective, he understands my equation. He goes, yeah, no, I, I understand why. Why you, he said said most players shouldn't be going for what shouldn't be doing that. Yep. Or whatever, or shouldn't be do, uh, 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 dedicating a lot of their bankroll to it. And we see, right. and, and but we also see plenty of people on Twitter that have made a lot of live finals, but don't kind of play DFS anymore. Yeah. Right. Like 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 they're they're multi time live finalists that somehow have not played a contest in years. I mean, like like. Well, yeah, because you've made sixteen live finals and not have cashed and you know, miss cash in twelve of them and have four min caches and you're down like God knows how much money in them. But your ego for for someone's ego, that sounds like you're that sounds like you're a big like I don't need that I don't need that in my Twitter profile. So that to me that's the that's the superimposing of of equations. And so 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 Eric, do you, do you think do you think I'm overboard by saying that? Like I, I, I am a little condescending. You're right. I am. I am a little. I, I am. I like. I like showing people that I know what I'm talking about. I do, but not to the. I, 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 I don't. I don't think I have that much of an ego. I think people just think, just think that's that they think that that's what touts have, and they just they would have an ego in that spot. So they think that that's why I'm doing things. I think that that's like kind of the perfect synopsis and like final point to this like equation conversation because like i couldn't agree more that like it's like it's like dfs gambling definitely for me being in like the best ball and like fantasy football you know side of things it's huge in that space where like people project their own ego like you said their own sometimes insecurity their own whatever insert uh emotion or insert variable onto onto everyone else and like same same as you like i think that's why we 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 get along and and work well together is because we're we talk about this all the time that we're so very different but yet so so very very similar like i think everybody is condescending at a, like a, at a at a certain point and it happens to me too but it's it's not it's not even really like i'm trying to be like an an, an asshole i think i am kind of an asshole but like not in a like if you met me in person or like anyone that knows me my friends family and stuff like they're like he's sarcastic he he like fucks around and like makes jokes but like that's just like that's just like how i was raised like if you you couldn't make it with my friend group and my family like you couldn't make it at my family christmas if you can't handle my twitter jokes like if if i'm offending you making fun of running backs on twitter like don't even come to my family <laughs> holidays like you were not going to make it you know so like that's just like how i am it's not like like maybe i am a bad person and i'm just <laughs> misinterpreting myself but like I, I, that's just like how we interact. Like that's how my friends. Anytime me or you use starts a tweet, starts a tweet with the word imagine, automatically <laughs> take it as ironic. That's the, that's yeah. the, that is the, it's we're making fun of the people that say that seriously. And people yeah. come back and, at you and, and, and go, well, imagine taking a running back at, a, at yeah. what, and they go, well, if I took blah, 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 like, dude, it's a fucking joke. Like why you respond? Like it's, it's every time, joke. every time. And so it's all, it's so like, I was mentioning the fantasy football thing. Cause that's the best example. Like I make an almost never a serious tweet, like once a week, maybe <laughs> like fantasy football related. The rest is like. Is like, you know, like the Kyle Pitts thing. Everybody was saying, oh, you can't take Kyle Pitts. He's a rookie tight end or whatever. So I like to make jokes about that. The running back thing is easy. I like to make jokes about that. And every single time, sure as shit, if, you know, another injury, right? Josh Jacobs hurt, Miles Sanders hurt. I could easily make another 
there's low hanging fruit, right? So the toss off a softball, I can make a running back joke and someone will, multiple people will, will reply. Yeah, but what about Derrick Henry? Like, no shit, dude. I, I, it's just a joke. I'm, I'm obviously aware of what Derrick Henry is doing. It, like, how dumb, like you're projecting ignorance onto the, per- like, how stupid do you think the person is? No, like, but, that, but that's what they're about- used to. But Eric, on fa- in fantasy football space, I'm not talking about DFS Twitter, but fantasy yeah. football Twitter, it's constant, it's constant, like, takes. My take was yeah. right and your take was wrong. So they assume, right? When when you say, when you say oh, Kyle Pitts or whatever, they, the person reading that coming from fantasy football Twitter is, they're used to seeing that as, oh, cause, because the only reason they're writing that is because they had, they had, they had a lot of Kyle Pitts and they had a Kyle Pitts take and they got yeah. uh, the first three weeks People are like, oh, Kyle Pitts sucks. And now they get to take the victory lap. And it's like, no, you're making fun of the people that do. Like, the tweet is based. Like, you could say the imagined tweet, even if you took no Kyle Pitts. Like, it's all, It's you're just taking memes from the community and just making, you know, like, tight ends in showdown. It's like, that's okay. Got to play all the tight. Like, like, and then a tight end scores. and, 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 oh, great call. I didn't, it was a joke. I didn't call anything. It's a, I'm not calling anything. So, but that's, that's a, that's a, that's a projection projecting thing. Also when the audience is so used to uh, like kind of the bravado of, of takes and victory laps that they just assume that like, Oh, anything that anyone in this space is saying is, is meant, is meant to dunk on other people that said something differently when uh, frankly, I like, I, I mean, you know me, I don't even give a shit at all. When that's why I, I try to stay away from the sports takes, even. I, I, I consider when I tweeted out yesterday, uh, to uh, 2021 Cooper Cop is 2019 Michael Thomas. I'm like, I don't even know if I tweet this out because I don't want to get the, I don't want to get 17 responses of, well, Cooper Cup in that 20, like, like, dude, this was not even a sports take. This was <laughs> like, this was just a, uh, uh, not and not a. I have a lot of Cooper Cup. It's like, dude, like eighty four hundred dollar Cooper Cup. He could be a ninety five hundred dollar player, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Like I, I'm playing him in DFS. I'm not. I didn't. I didn't. I don't have fifty four percent of him in best ball. I didn't. I didn't put him <laughs> on my sit start list. I don't give a fuck. Right? He was projected for one point higher than Devontae Adams in 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 my aggregate model this week. So I played him. If Adams was rejected one more than Cup, I would have played Adams and lost. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that, right? I just look at see his roots and whatever, and I go, well, this looks like this. I look at look back at Michael Thomas from 2019 when he was nine thousand, and I was playing him over Christian McCaffrey, and while well, people didn't <laughs> catch on to that, and I'm like, here you go. Here's something that I notice. I'm not victory lapping. I'm pointing. I'm teaching. I'm like, like, would you agree that this, oh yes, this is the case. Maybe we should be playing him at 9,000. Not the responses of like, like, oh, now you talk like, dude, I'm not fucking doing anything. <laughs> why are you, why are you putting a voice on these tweets? Like, like I'm doing, if I, yeah, once I start cursing and call you fucking asshole, then yeah, then, then you can put a voice <laughs> on those tweets, right? Yep. But no, perfect. I mean, absolutely perfect. Like kind of synopsis of, the equation thing that the people the, the the ego thing is a big part of a lot ego insert any other kind of emotion or whatever i think is a big part of too many people's uh equation and um even though i may seem in my asshole sarcastic tweets like i am also 
uh, that way I, I, I assure you that I am not. I assure you that Blender, despite being a condescending prick, uh, is is not. It's all jokes. We're all just trying to. Yeah, I feel like I wrap up every podcast episode being like, I promise you, I'm just trying to have fun and make money. You, Mister Random Joe six four three two nine four seven on Twitter. I don't give a shit about you or your football takes. I'm just trying to fuck around and have a good time and make some money. And like, let's let's all like take a step back. Like, I'm trying to implement my equation, right? I'm trying to solve my my equation for all the factors that I want it to be in. And having fun and making money are like that's that's you know, the the root of 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 most of it. And so like let, let's just uh, let's just take a step back with uh, yeah with the oh well you think Cooper Cup is Michael Thomas or oh like uh, you know you how much Kyle Pitts do you have or oh did you see Derrick Henry like let's just let's just all take a step back. Well, the same thing, same thing with the DFS stuff. I mean. I'm truly trying to teach people. Yeah. And it just seems like the people that 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 don't want to learn want it want it want it prove that more. Which it just it it's it's the oddest thing. I mean, I like I like I said, I think like Davis and and Adam Levitan, like who would go out of their way to play Adam Levitan in a head to head in NFL? Yeah. I wouldn't. You know he has a one of the best cash teams possible every week, right? Guaranteed. Yet, yet he still gets invites. I mean, he still gets. I want to play against. I mean, that's. It's. it's, it's but that's maybe that's that's the other person's equation. They're they're they're. They they don't care about making money. If they could say it's it's very similar to the that there was one guy I played poker with. Horrible, horrible player. He played all the time. He would always mention the one time that he got me with like a bluff or something like that. But he wanted that. He knew I was a better player, but he wanted Mm -hmm. that story. That was his equation. I can't argue with that. So maybe people take, I want to take Levitan's games because I want to say that I beat Levitan one week. Well, he's at worst, at worst, you're going to be, you're going to have at worst, probably a 30% chance at worst. Right. At worst, I mean, maybe not even that, maybe 60, 40. That's why, yeah. like my like my favorite my favorite Ben the Better tweet to close on was when I told Ben the Better that that oh, that yeah. when no someone told someone told it was it was it was, it was so it was it's like if you were a parody that's like the perfect tweet when <laughs> when when someone said uh, to, to like my lineup or something like that I said dude don't play him you're drawing dead and he said well I talked to a very good player Bryce Morrow. That I'm 4060, that, that that I'm not drawing dead, but I'm 4060. And it's like, do you understand that's not good? Like you shouldn't be playing then if you're 40. Like if you're 4060, those are the that's why I play head-to-heads. That's that's get a bad. New hobby. Yeah, get if you're 4060, go get a new hobby. Go scratch off lottery tickets or something. Try something else. Not that. But just the tone of the tweet was like, no, but I'm 40%. Yeah, but you're playing a fifty percent game. Like, you, like the, that's the reason people are taking your head to heads because you're forty sixty dog. And go go to the bum on the corner and flip coins. Like any, literally anything else. <laughs> that was yeah. That was another. That was it. Was almost you know, like 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 it, it's like someone you should. If you said that ironically, that would be very funny. It's like no, no, but I'm forty percent. No, but he actually yeah. said that like truthfully of like. So good. Uh, so Eric Bime for on Twitter as always. Uh, the best ball it, is NBA best ball over. Is they always does it always roll over? Uh, well, it is. It is. 
I don't know. I, I'm flying by the seat of my pants here, man. I, I they there there's in season turn, tournaments every week on on DraftKings. I think there's going to be more on Underdog. There's definitely going to be playoffs. I assume there'll be some kind of in season NBA contest. They fucked up the marketing and everything for it, but uh, for the, the the regular ones. But yeah, best ball rolls on. But I'm into the point of uh, uh, being able to to get back to a little more DFS while spending most of my time not on like updating rankings and doing live streams and stuff, but uh, starting to plan for, for next year because, uh, you know, freaking uh, end of NFL season will be here before we know it. And it takes a long time to build some of the tools and everything that we want to build for spike week. So yeah. And MLB and, and baseball, best ball, MLB. And, 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 base, and baseball, baseball, best ball, um, which, which um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually fairly interested in because I don't understand a damn thing about uh, the, the strategy for that. And I just like playing these, these, these new games. So uh, yeah. Uh, best ball never best ball never dies. It might, it might be on a small pause right now, but it, it never goes away. And you could always uh, follow me at Blender HD, as well as pick up the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, the 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com.